0: One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Alright, we haven't done this in a while, fuck it digital noise with your digital boys coming back with that digital noise
1: digital noise boys digital noise. we're back with everything you like with all those 90s 80s and 70s <laughs> hits fuck the 2000s because chris doesn't know anything beyond that Aruga. <laughs> <Well, laughs> Uh, so this is, uh, Sir Duke Wright Sulek here with Chris Cross Crocs. Uh, Crocs? Crocs? Eh, cro Crocs? Sorry. No. It's please. A- okay, look, I can
0: deal with you, like, using the cross middle name thing that never happened. Oh, I'm going to continue. Oh, to oh use I know you it. are. Yeah. But Crocs? No. So Sorry. That's where I'm going to stop you. Don't, you right wear Crocs there. all the time. No, though, I've right? never even put
1: my. You foot look in a really pair of Crocs. cute in Crocs. I don't have a
0: problem with anyone who chooses to wear them, but let's not get let's, confused. Let's,
1: let's be real here.
0: Like I may be in my fifties, but I'm still not wearing Crocs.
1: You mean your 150s? Uh, Shit, My lawyer just told me to stop saying that. <laughs> uh, Crocs. I, my my sister, she wears them. My nephew wears them. You no, know,
0: everybody I know I works in a kitchen wears them. It, they're really weird. They, they're like now, they're like
1: sandals, but they're just like they they seem dumpier they i don't get it they now sell
0: mini crocs as like like things you can attach to your crocs to be like little like bits of like flair like you can staple on mini crocs
1: under- so that's the series finale of digital noise because there's understand. no hope in the world for humanity, for humanity. well folks yeah. it's over it's over uh <laughs> crocs has crocs on them now and uh we don't know why because people are out of their goddamn fucking minds i don't know i don't even care i'm like fine do what you want to do it's just it feels out of any shoe that's out there a sandal i love sandals i love, I wear them all the time know, that's much, all you wear that's all i wear yeah. as much as i can. But Crocs, Thank God with socks. <laughs> but with Crocs, though, it just seems like, why does that seem fatter and lazier? I don't know. It just I don't does. get it. It I, just does. It just
0: does. I get people who work in a kitchen doing it. 100% understand it. But you know, what's even
1: more bullshit is that Crocs has like the little, like, you know, lip, like the little guard yeah. thing for your ankle yeah. so they don't slip off, yeah. but no one ever wears that. Oh, they I, always, they drop, drop it down, drop it down. So it's not even, yeah. So time. it's basically just wear a fucking sandal then.
0: Yeah. It was like back when people were like, like acting like Birkenstocks where they all right. In, and you're like, you know, there's like a billion other sandals that cost like half as much of these that are equally as good.
1: Right. What are you, what are you doing? This yeah. is a uh, Crocs talk with uh, right. And Chris, talking about
0: this we're a movie show.
1: Yeah, I, don't want to talk I about can't about even this. think of a movie that brought up crocs. Um, Has there been one? I don't think so. Probably not a good one. There's the 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 crocodile movie with that didn't bring up like Crocs, Crocs but they were like <gasps> Crocs. I don't think it brought that up. That's all I got.
0: I, all you have is that it sounds like Cox, my name.
1: Yeah. Well, um, I'm slurring because this is my
0: 18th glass of whiskey this evening. Oh. Not for me. I am <sighs> remarkably sober, but only you. by comparison. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> doctors recommend do not listen to digital noise while drinking. Uh Oh <laughs> well, you can listen to it. Oh you can listen to it, but also you're like, oh, doctors looks- men
0: don't record digital noise. <laughs> <laughs> That's true <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, I don't know. Here we are reviewing another stack, a huge stack. Big old of, stack. Uh Blu-rays that have come out for your home video enjoyment. <laughs>
1: You got that? What? <laughs> your
0: your hair is a little wacky
1: right now. Yeah, yeah. I'm and sorry. so, but also at the same time, you're like, you're uh, like, are you struggling to get what this is for? <laughs> <laughs> I myself am confused.
0: What are we here for? <laughs> this is the Crocs review show, right? <laughs> Shit, did I sign up for that? Oh no! What oh, did man. I do? Oh man, I'm probably only going to get free Crocs for doing <laughs> it.
1: Hey, we can we can sell them I'm on, a Crocs. The, on the streets. I'm a
0: Crocs influencer. I'm
1: a Crocs man. <laughs> Cox Crocs. Chris Cox for Crocs. <laughs> oh, God. This is starting off so Amen, well. I don't tell you. I'm a Croc sucker. <laughs> All right. And that's the series finale of Digital Noise right there. <laughs> There's do... going to be a lot of series finale tonight.
0: <laughs> uh, Sir Dr. Duke uh, Earl Lord. Uh, Lord. Something like that. Yeah. something. We have to get into the actual movies.
1: And, may I say something before we go into this? I, I told you this in the car on the way here. Yeah. But um, this has been over a year now. Yeah. That I've been doing digital noise. I got a Facebook memory because I'm old and, uh, they're like, Hey, remember this? And I was like, no, not really. And, uh, and then I looked at it. I was like, holy shit. This is like the second, uh, show that I did with digital noise. I said on there, like, this is my second show ever. I I said something when I was like, yeah, I'm doing some bullshit with Chris Cox. I don't know. And, uh, as one does, as one does. And, uh, but I think, yeah, it's been, it's been a year now and it has been really, really mediocre it's been great no
0: i'm so glad you're so pleased (laughs) to to be honest like immediately we're like oh i don't i can't picture myself stopping doing the show (laughs) because like it really is like one of those like i never thought i'd like this but i kind of really like this well well,
1: i i didn't i don't think i ever went into it thinking like i don't know if i'm ever gonna not like this it's just i know like okay i i know that about 75 to 80 80% of the movies I'm going to watch on these are going to be good to great. Yeah. And then there's another 25, 20, 25% of like, oh, SpaghettiOs, yeah. what is this?
0: Yeah. And sometimes, some weeks, it feels like those and your emotions about them way over Sometimes
1: way. The, the, the ratios flip. Yeah, uh, sometimes they do. But this Th- week, though. This is a good week. This is a good week. Yeah. We've like had it.
0: several good weeks in a row, which is good. Like several good shows in a row, we were like, "Oh, we had a stuff. I've been p- praying a lot more, and I
1: really think that God exists. Jesus uh, is involved. Yeah, Jesus. In is your like, digital
0: noise stack. Jesus, please He's take like, the yeah, wheel. Yeah, yeah, I know there's problems in the Middle East, but. <laughs> <laughs> Let me pay attention to Wright's digital noise stack. Let me make
1: sure that Wright has a very good time watching all 13 films that Chris gives him. Let them be pepper- peppered in some Arrow and Criterion releases. Think he might be
0: omni-impotent.
1: <laughs> also, he's like, and please, no more Kung Fu.
0: As that's,
1: little as he can that, get. That's
0: just you. That's just you. That being said, we've got some Kung Fu this week. Oh, God it. But very little. Very little. Yeah. yeah it's like, what, one? yeah one yeah and then we've got uh, hey thank christ we do have some other asian films and we're gonna start with well, some asian films well, sure but that's fine uh your violent streets also known as violent city or i have no idea how to pronounce this bore yoku guy 1974 i the one that's drunk Yacuzzi, yakuza 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 <laughs> 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 Yakuza movie directed by Hideo Gosha. Now we talked in I think our last episode about a Hideo Gosha film, which was Samurai Wolf.
1: Yes, those uh, were good. one and two. And th- the uh, first one was better yeah yeah
0: yeah but they're both pretty good and yeah. we're like oh this is uh kind of that lone wolf and cub more style mm-hmm. thing where it's like bloodier more performative and i was like oh what is this guy's uh take on yakuza movies and looking this movie up i was like oh this is considered to be one of the real classics of yakuza cinema yeah and for one of the reasons is like all right so there's the take it more seriously yakuza films there's lots of them like there's the more dramatic like character based and then there's the stuff that's like
1: Blood. <laughs> well, th- this seems like a good combination of both of those. Yeah, because it it I could definitely see it's like oh Quentin Tarantino is definitely seeing this. Uh oh, no question. Yeah, because uh. there's there are plenty of moments where he's like. Taking not necessarily direct shots or like instances, but it's like definitely inspired by these because it is more of a character study about this ex Yakuza guy. Yeah,
0: Igawa, played by Noburo Ando, who is a retired Yakuza.
1: Who is. If if Quinn Tarantino directed this movie, it would be Robert Forrester. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, I mean would have. Would have been. Yeah. And it's like, Yeah, yeah,
0: totally. He would be playing a retired goosa underboss. Uh, he would be, be
1: uh, playing a, like a you know, a mafia guy. Okay. If fair he was enough. making it in like yeah. America kind of shit. Same thing. Yeah. But like you could see it's like, oh wait, that's he's a slightly older actor. Like, yeah, I can see this.
0: Yeah. Who's like, Okay, I I did my time, I did all everything they wanted. I was a badass, the deeply respected and my reward was getting this nightclub. Mm-hmm. And then he just wants to live that life of being a civilian, running this club. And then the criminal underworld he belonged to comes back and goes, yeah, we're going to need that club back.
1: Yeah. No um, takesy backsies in the Yakuza world.
0: Yeah. Uh, they're like, we just need you. Of course, we're going to give you money for it and everything, but we need you to do this. We need and, this club back. And uh, and he's like, F- F- fuck that. No, I don't want that. Um, and, and, uh, m- Meanwhile some former associates have been released in prison. They're like, Maybe you should get back into the Yakuza again. Like you know, you'd be like like the Yakuza the leader here is kind of weak. I think you could take it over. And he's like, I don't want to be back in the Yakuza again. Well, guess what? Uh he's gonna be forced to pick up his guns and get back into the fight again. Yeah. One way or the other, whether or not it's to get back in or just to keep them off his back, he's gonna have to. And what en- you end up with is a deeply bloody action film yeah that is a lot of fun to watch
1: i i wonder with the uh, with films like this where it, it's it's because this is not necessarily well i mean for i guess for the time it's um you know er, definitely original but mm. the the idea that someone's out of the mob or whatever or the mafia and they're like they they have it safe like like sexy beast yeah and assume soon oh man i forgot about sexy. Oh beast. my god how could you forget such a great um one. but as soon as someone comes back from your past, like, hey, we need something. I, I don't know how there's not been a bit of movie just yet where they have should to just be
0: called. Hey, we need something.
1: Well, that yeah. but the, the character doesn't realize that it's, it's always the same thing, too. Like, I'm going to say no. And they're going to totally understand. And like, yeah. it's like that every time where, like, they should acknowledge at some point, at least in, in present day. Now, they're like, I'm fucked. Like, this is I, this is not an option. Because yeah. n- just like how the mafia and the yakuza already always was, like you were told whatever you were told to do, you had to do it with, without you know uh, any regard to your livelihood. Is like you just have to fucking do it. Yeah. And so it's like with this, it's like. Of course he's fucked. (laughs) He has to do this. I love there's like...
0: I I describe this in a way it seems relatively simple, but there's actually lots of twists in this film. Yeah. And the lead actor, he was an actual member of the Yakuza. He was an actual boss in the Yakuza before he retired to act. Yeah. What? Yeah, he was really a part of that world. Holy
1: shit. Yeah. Yeah. He was great. He was like a Robert Forrester of his time. Uh, Didn't see that coming. No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, man. He man his like the way how stoic he was it just man i'm i'm actually kind of shocked now i don't know what else to say about it because like uh the fact that he was an old yakuza member or boss or whatever uh it makes a lot of sense and uh <laughs> that's a really inspired casting now it's now just like holy shit then so everything he was doing was like for realsies like yeah. how did he how did he do that that's crazy yeah
0: that's but like city of
1: god shit yeah It's
0: kind of cool. That's really cool. And he was a well-known actor at this point of his career as well. Like he went in and everyone was like, yeah, you're really good at what you do and and appeared in a lot of good stuff. But this is generally considered the apex of his career. Yeah. Yeah. In many ways. And in fact, this uh, director, like he made. At least three other Yakuza films that are very highly thought of, but I feel like over time, this has become the most beloved one of the, his mm-hmm. career because it's just bloodiest, weirdest, most twistiest. It's just fun. Yeah. It, it, it's there are a lot of these type Yakuza films that are like long periods of dialogue and not really of a. It's like, uh, but what's our relationship to the thing? And I'm worried about honor. This one's just like, let's just go kill a bunch of
1: people. You, you know, and this might be a totally unfair comparison, but I just thought of this. I was actually thinking about this during the watching the movie because he he owns a nightclub, and it felt very like, what if like Scorsese did a Yakuza film but it was remaking Casablanca? <laughs> and How would that work? I, well. Uh, so I'm violent streets exist. Connection between because well, like, he he's trying not to be involved with whatever the hell's going on, just like uh, the, whatever his stupid ass face was. I forget the lead actor in Casablanca. Humphrey, uh, Humphrey Bogart. Humphrey There you go. Seriously, and uh, so I eighteen drinks. Yeah, you're right. I'm barely tolerating um, it at this point. But <laughs> it, it felt a little like that, where he was like kind of put upon and didn't yeah. want to be involved with this stuff and. But i like the, the the other thing about this movie is the atmosphere yeah. which is really well done yeah and uh and i mean you know, all the characters are great and, and i I thought that the the uh the end of this one is the one in like the barn or something like that right what? Uh, this is the one with the like well not, like not necessarily a barn but it's like the um the feed uh that like the his the the guy that's his arch nemesis or whatever it's like you pick uh, whatever hand uh insert ron howard's voice here and this was the point we realized right had gone completely
0: insane oh, is this
1: not that movie which one is now, this? i don't know
0: maybe it is anyway we need to move on all now. right well all this right. is a good movie there uh, are on. some bonus features here including a 16 page booklet with a new essay by japanese film expert mark Schilling. there's a tattooed director hideo gosha feature it with tomo gosha a night about 20 minutes with the director's daughter talking about this movie and his personal life uh which also talks about his elaborate body tattoo which apparently took over six months to put on him uh, wait what yeah a street that can't be beat video essay by tokyo scope author patrick patrick Mace- Maceous, uh the author discussing uh the film's main stars and the director's style and then a bunch of tra- various versions of the trailers including uh trailers for samurai wolf which of course you know no, we're because, right, right, uh, right like this is a companion piece basically yeah but uh we do have another yakuza film to
1: talk about here which is yakuza graveyard and you and remember, film, it, you uh, remember is, it better than I do. I Okay. Okay. Hold on one second. This, so this movie is about... Yakuza. Yakuza. And a graveyard. And movie. there's a graveyard in it for sure. <laughs> no, this I one... Know, I mean, like it's, right. it's It's the... Uh, Look, this is by
0: one of the greatest Yakuza directors, Kinji Fukusaku, who did uh, Battles Without Hon- Honor and Humanity uh, series, which is generally held up as being like, okay, this is like the... Akira Kurosawa, of, yeah. like Yakuza films. And I've seen those and I like those. I like Violence Streets better. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
1: I like grittier, grosser stuff. Are I don't you know you apologizing to, you. to me. No, I don't care. Uh,
0: this film was named number 17 on 25 Best Yakuza Films by Complex Magazine. Uh, and uh, you know what? It's okay. This one fo- <sighs> focuses on a police investigator who's g- all about taking care of the Yaku- dealing with the yakuza but he's like In any way possible he's a douchebag he's like a he's a dick, douchebag bad cop who's yeah. like i don't care what the rules say i'm gonna do this my
1: way it felt very 70s like new york style like yeah it's so it's it almost has like a mean streets feel to it, it you know what it feels like abel ferrera yeah it's like that no, legitimate that's, Lieutenant. Right, that's, that's right. exactly what this when is he's like, yeah he's
0: he's got a new beat he's sleeping kind of forcibly with the widow of a man he basically murdered well, he murdered yeah uh and she's taking advantage of the situation going like yeah whatever you're doing give me money because i want to open up a bar you know and <laughs> he's just a dick he beats up everyone in his path uh and
1: he's he's abusive to any of like the perps that he arrests and uh and it's also like planting shit on them to like get, move along his own plot because he knows that that the police is just a bunch of you know you know bureaucratic like pieces of shit and also they're in cahoots with the yakuza anyway everybody's
0: corrupt and he's corrupt and what difference does it make and he's like finds himself taking deals with the yakuza family because he realizes i need to actually get the money for this girl to get her the money she wants for this thing (laughs) yeah and guess what everything goes terribly wrong and he gets tied into this thing to the point where him being a cop is Wildly irrelevant anymore.
1: It's it, <laughs> yeah, it it goes off the rails, and I I really I liked it a lot. I I uh, it, it felt, you know it felt like it felt like Paul Schrader writing a movie for Abel Ferrara. <laughs> it was like God damn, this is fucked. Uh, like it, it's there's no really you know good person no, in the film. No, and uh, but I thought that the lead actor was super fascinating to to watch this like just grappling with his morals because he knows that there is a right thing to do but he's doing all the wrong things to get to that right outcome and uh and it's so fucked because like it's it's one of those movies i think i've talked about before where it's like, it's like wow everyone's doomed it's a doomed genre yeah it's like there's there's no way getting out of this but like at least i can take down the assholes that are worse than me
0: he actually won an award for his performance in 1976 when this came out yeah yeah in japan uh he was originally supposed to be the star of the same director's battles uh, without honor and humanity but he was ill and was not able to appear in it so he was uh. replaced uh but he was apparently best known for a long-running television role uh Ooh. on a detective series uh called saibu kaisatsu i don't know okay i'm just saying uh cool. yeah yeah um, cool but uh he was a. He's one of those people. Where you're like he's our He's their Timothy elephant, right? You're like sure. Why aren't you bigger? But we love the stuff you've done, yeah.
1: right? Yeah. yeah. It, it, there's a, there's so many things in this film that it reminds me of other uh, American made movies that because this was like what 1970s, yeah. yeah. And uh, I, I could see a lot of the like inspirations. It, same thing with uh, Yakuza or Violent Streets. Uh, yeah. It's like I I see where people saw these films and I'm like no will know no, what these movies are it's <laughs> yeah fine. until digital noise uh, until here
0: we are here HG we are reintroducing it to the world <laughs> right
1: but i dug this honestly a lot more than violent streets see, i'm the other
0: way i like yeah. violent streets a lot more yeah. i i i, I like this one a lot but i thought violent streets was like that perfect look like, just like we said about samurai wolf it was like you don't usually see this type of yakuza sure, film, sure. the way film like this yeah, and this right. one feels like Still, more of the stuff I expect from a yakuza film, except maybe a little better than most of
1: them. I, right, and, uh, and but with this one though, I I liked how transgressive it ended up getting, and uh, mainly with again the main character, where how like he was like devolving over time. It's so dark. It's very dark. Like the way that it goes. It, like, it really doesn't hold back to a lot of different things. Like, you know, just getting into, like, drug use and him just not giving a shit about anything. It's like watching Joe Pesci's character from Goodfellas. Just, like, just a movie about him. You're like, fuck. Uh, but not you know, as terrible. I feel
0: like I faded away from this a little bit in terms of my appreciation for it because of just having seen, I, we talked about it last time, the Criterion one of A Branded to Kill I think you were on that one. I was one, not right? on that one. You're not, it was with John Golsan. Whatever, it's like, I don't care about this it's now. It's like David Lynch made a Yakuza film, but in sure. the fucking 60s. Right. And it's like so bizarre, but it's still like faded Yakuza assassin guy dealing with stuff and like his whole thing. Like he's super addic- addicted. And I mean like heroin addicted to like the smell of rice cooking, like this weird shit like that going on. And you're like, this is so different and odd. I yeah. I love this. And this is like it's different and odd, but like I watched this after that and went like,
1: eh. "I get it." I, it doesn't it doesn't go too weird for yeah. what it. I guess you were expecting maybe. Yeah.
0: No. I after that I was like wanting more like Brandon to kill, and I don't right. think there is anything else like Brandon to kill. Sure. Which is a film I will be returning to again and again. Now that I've finally seen it, I was like, "There is no movie on earth that exists like that movie." Yeah. Uh, which apparently was like like directors like Jim Jarmusch and people like that have called it one of the most influential films on their career of all time.
1: Like I, I could see like a lot of, of these I didn't
0: give it to you on your show because you would have been like, "Meh. What? I oh, think am sorry, I... no. No. God damn it.
1: <laughs> I I think that um there's a lot of things you could take from these yakuza movies uh that again, like I was saying earlier, so you can see where these American filmmakers who do these, the crimes genre so well, Yeah, like I, you, you're very well versed in this stuff. Cause a lot of these things, like they've already touched on this. And now just like the American filmmakers, they just, you know, give a more heightened, uh, and, and flesh yeah. it out a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, so there are some bonus features here, uh, of wolves of men, about 14 and a half minutes interview with the director, uh, I, uh, direct. I'm sorry, Kazuya Shiryashi, who discusses the director of this film, uh, Kinji Fukasaku's influence on Kazuka, Kazuya. Sh- man, it's hard t- being t- a he, white person. T- he, the, it's the. <laughs> 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 Kazuya Shiryashi's blood of wolves. Uh, a Easter egg, I guess.
1: I, I kind of, I almost wanted. Like, can I? Anytime it's like all the foreign films, maybe I I can just
0: hand it off, hand it off to me.
1: I can do this. And
0: then the rage and the passion for 12 minutes. There you go. uh, uh, Looking at the collaborations uh, between the actor and the director. Um, (laughs) Wow. Wow. I'm so sorry for being like. No, it's
1: like this every single time. So it's incredibly. Like, <laughs> Anytime it's like French or Japanese, I'm like oh here's Chris. Oh
0: my God, I'm just gonna fuck it up all over the place. But God help me if it's like Polish or something. I'll be hey, like, I'll I'll I be right there with the man. Know what that accent mark means?
1: I don't know. Like there's a lot of J's and yeah. W's.
0: Sometimes it's just like a mark you've never even seen before. Well, it's like like, a little squiggly thing. It's like, well, I like, saw one that was just like a Pokemon over an O and I was like, what am I supposed <laughs> to do? <laughs> Pika ski Pikachu Kiski. Anyway, uh, our last film of our beginning of Asian series, uh, despite the fact one of our films tonight is Ronin, which is despite the, the title, nine. not an Asian film yeah. is warriors Two, Hong Kong martial arts film written and directed by Sam Hong, who also co-stars in the film. Uh, yeah, you know, look. Here's the thing about Warriors 2. The, is there a Warriors 1? No, there is not. It's a Warriors 2 because there's two warriors. Okay, I'm yeah. done with this. I don't know um, this anymore. The Wing Chun style is one of the most used styles in Hong Kong martial arts film. Uh-huh. And yet most of it is deeply inaccurate and it's a real style. Mm-hmm. This film is held up because it's considered to be one of the most accurate to the real Wing Chun style in martial arts. So like if you're studying Wing Chun, they'll probably show you this movie. Mm. Like, like, oh, they're actually doing real Wing until Chun they martial get
1: arts. into the praying mantis and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and doing Michael Jackson moves, where they're just like hovering over the ground and like. In, 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 in.
0: I mean, this is another very typical plot. You're like you, Mr. Sam, this,
1: this was like the same fucking thing from uh, the, the, the two con men so with the, the master. No, there's uh, so many. It's Jesus all, Christ. Is there?
0: It all comes down to how well they're shot and how good the martial arts are. And, and this it's is, good. This it's, is one that I was like, it's fine. It's fine. But it it's does fine. feel very... Like, I'm watching this and... Okay, I don't even know. Look, are we even... I'm not sure it's worthwhile to describe the plot to you on
1: this one because, like, because have you seen any of these other kind movies? Of a it's plot, the exact same goddamn it's thing.
0: Kind of a plot is like, <laughs> like a a, a guy t- who's the master of Ring Chun, uh, like, uh, 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 his lead student, uh, like, convinces him to teach kung fu to this person who is like a sort of a criminal, sort of like hiding out, uh, who had previously heard a b- local businessman and several of his men plotting to take over the town by killing the head of the town. Yeah. But they made a mistake by being overheard by somebody who was in on that conspiracy and yada, yada, yada. You know, was, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, you know exactly what happens after that. Did you yada, yada, yada I did, I did, warriors I, too? I, I did yada, yada, yada warriors too. And the mushrooms are fine, but it's very this is one of the most performative like here's how this works type thing films mm-hmm. i've ever seen and i get why people who are like actual martial arts prati- practitioners would be like but it's important because well, of that yeah but it's there's, not there's, one of the more interesting
1: no, films of this period it's not and and i'm rubbing my brow because this is this took me two nights to watch because like <laughs> the first night i tried to watch it, it was like 15 20 minutes in Best Sleep I ever had in my life. Then oh, wow. I watched it again. I was like, Oh, I feel nappy. Uh, <laughs> and so he's still asleep. I'm still asleep. Uh, so you take the blue pill. <laughs> here's the thing with Samo Hung. Uh, it's yeah. not Samo Hong's fault, it's but here's the okay. Wait, hold on one second. I, I, I'm gonna show you some of the later
0: once he was a real star and the three brothers came in where we you're like oh okay
1: oh, He's sure. actually
0: got he's great
1: hey, i i watched that one where he plays a, a mentally uh uh the oh the, my the, god don't even come back oh to that's the best really one
0: fighting on the bus with that, my
1: brother yeah. <laughs> uh, i uh, i like here's the the always the ongoing joke he's fat and, uh, yeah. and like, he's literally called fatty in almost every porky. Yeah. He's called porky fatty or porky. Yeah. yeah. I'm just like, Jesus Christ. And also, he's in Somebody's inc- a little sensitive. Well, no, but also, it's not funny after the fifth fucking goddamn time uh, I've seen it. It
0: goes on all the way into the 2000s in Hong Kong films. God. Like this. Like, even in like cop movies, where they'll be like, there's this guy who's slightly more weighty than everyone else, and they're like, Everybody calls him fatty, and you're like, "What in the fuck?"
1: Well, that and also he's so goddamn capable to holding his own with everything. Oh, he's,
0: that's why he was a huge star. Yeah,
1: because despite the fact that he was decidedly an overweight
0: guy, he is fast as a motherfucker. It's and, crazy. Like, like a really great martial arts. W-
1: watching all the stunts and everything they're doing, I'm just like, man, this is so great and still cool it's just it's really the the movie drags a whole lot because compared to all the other films that we've seen over the last like i don't know three or four episodes we've done in this at least with me fuck you john golson and uh and so (laughs) i with with these this this one in particular was really wants to focus on like We want to show you how we train them. I'm like, oh, man. And like they have extensive sequences where the master is showing the the budding pupil how to do shit. And it's like, I don't fucking care. You're right. There's a lot of that. It's really fucking boring. And then when it finally kicks into gear, it's the last goddamn 15 minutes. No, you're right. I was not a crazy fan of this one. I'm just like, I want this to be
0: good. And yet, here we are. God. It's fully watchable if you like these films and you haven't been watching one after another for the last year like Bright and I have. <laughs> uh, uh, but there's a point you're like, okay, guys.
1: <laughs> exactly. That's the exclamation point on the whole thing. Like, guys. Blah.
0: Uh, there are two cuts here. The Hong Kong theatrical cut.
1: Which and, one did you watch? And the
0: international export. I, I, I don't. I wa- always watch the longer one.
1: I watch the longer one, too.
0: Which is only five minutes longer.
1: And it was, you know what? It was the best sleep I ever had. Oh my God. Dude. The last 10 minutes. Ooh. This two Slumbered commentary tracks
0: and. and a 45 minute The Way of the Warrior, The Making of, which is the archival piece from 2005, which actually got to interview most of the stars from this, who had to be pretty old, most of them by this point. You know, like, Sam O'Hung, I think, is in his 70s at this point. I'm not even is sure. Is he dead? No. Yeah.
1: He's alive?
0: Yeah. Wow. He's about the same age as Jackie Chan
1: i was like he's about the same age Plus, as me like like, like whoa dis-
0: despite his like being a little more weighty i mean
1: he's an incredible athlete well no he's yeah. he's so so presumably
0: he eats super healthy yeah and whatever i, I he's don't just he's just an ectomorph yeah, yeah. I,
1: I don't understand <laughs> like how he he does things because he's so like i'm assuming incredibly fit and strong and then
0: limber and either one of us understand what those people's lives i
1: about. i don't, I don't uh, get it because but at the same time though it's like when he's playing like i guess an overweight person it's like how what are you doing are you just eating dumplings and then just doing this all the time and like how, how do you maintain it like how do you not burn those calories while yeah. you're doing all this and are like dumb. oh fuck i just I lost 50 guys, pounds Guys, just
0: like all right i did it give him my my donut like <laughs> And like, like they just set him like the Homer and the Simpsons in Hell episode of like the hum hum
1: hum. I don't hum. understand. It's like it was Marlon Brando went insane in fifteen minutes or whatever it was. <laughs> All
0: right, we're going to move on to a film that both of us had seen before this, but is just such a always pleasure to rewatch. Uh, it's the, delightful. The nineteen ninety eight film Ron- Ronin, uh, directed by John Frankenheimer, who. Is one of the legendary action directors, no question, uh, suspense directors as well, and it's not—it's not even the only Frankenheimer film we'll be talking about that's legendary <laughs> this week. Spoilers, but this is the last really great Franken, g- good really great Frankenheimer film, yeah. and like that's universally said, like okay, this was his last great film.
1: I mean, Rollerball though. or Roller Roller Rollerball Rollerball, yeah, ball? yeah. No, yeah no, ro- let's no, talk no, about Rollerball. No, like, come yeah, on, no, no, come on,
0: no. Come on. but Ronin Every time I see it, I kind of like it a little bit more than the last time I saw it. Even
1: you know what I, and I, I, I totally know what you mean. Always liked it. the The first time I watched it, I was like, I like this, but I don't love it. I always feel like it's like a,
0: it feels like a like a, f- a film that's uh should be matched with heat.
1: Yes, you yeah, know? Like, totally.
0: I'm like it's really great in a different way,
1: but yet like structurally, it feels similar. It feels similar, uh mainly with Robert De Niro, of course, but like yeah. um I th- And David I, Mamet being one of the two writers on right. uh, damn. it's who since has sh- turned into a conservative prick, but he's a know, PCG, back in yeah. the day he was fine. I, I love his writing. Um but um it's uh I think that uh why people well maybe why we don't like it as much like let's say it's heat. Or like if you, cause you think about it that way. Um, it's because some of the characters are not fleshed out enough. But like they're, they're, they're fine. Like they're kind of Philly characters, yeah, like the I, driver character. But I kind of like that about it. But see, here's the thing. I like uh, that too. Yeah. But the reason why you love Heat so much is because all of the characters are just like, you get to know them very well. Like they either have families or well, have wives. The score
0: all. is so fucking memorable for Heat. In that too. I mean, there's we so saw, many things. We saw a film the other day that uh like Gran Turismo that uses a song, one of the most uh, identifiable songs from Heat that you walk away from that movie like I can never get this movie out this out of my head attached to that movie. Oh, what was it? Use it. Uh Gran Turismo. Oh well, what was the song? The ending the ending score Moby, that Moby song at the end. Oh really? But yeah. Use it and I'm like, guys, you don't get to use this
1: song. Wow. This is
0: no, you absolutely is owned by fucking heat you do not get to use this song.
1: wow that's that's ballsy i i,
0: I thought the same thing wow but uh ronan doesn't have that problem <laughs> <laughs> now doesn't have any terribly memorable score pieces per se it's fine yeah but what it does have is to date the best super realistic car chase scenes i think has have ever been filmed
1: yeah 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 like yeah.
0: I mean there's more stylish and big and fancy car chase sequences but, it, it's, but all... it's one that feels totally realistic yeah. and
1: get is edge of your seat and it's it's very matter of fact yeah. it, it feels reminiscent of french connection Oh where it's yeah. just like oh my god like it's on the hood it's just like there it, you you see all the the twists and turns and the thing is like they're not like fast and the furiously uh going no. throughout all of uh where the hell they are and uh no
0: it looks like they really make you feel like this is hard to do this yeah Which and you never see in these type of things and, they're and, always like effortless and here you're like they got the thing like you watch robert de niro driving this car and he's like
1: you, yeah, you forget that like there's <laughs> like the give. wheel shaking yeah and, and like, like e- you have to like pull the 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 uh brake yeah. uh to like get the actual drift spins yeah do the spin but like there's nothing like ridiculous where they're gonna do a 360 and then like put their hand out and like you know you know pull the trigger and like do, 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 like it's slow-mo <laughs> and shit this is all like no i need to get from point a to point b and yeah. this is the best way to do it and, and, uh, yeah, yeah, it's,
0: it's a, it's a plot is about a bunch of former special operatives and brought together by IRA question mark Maybe? people, uh, you know, right off the bat, you're like, oh, they're Irish. So I'm thinking, oh,
1: uh, this also begins uh, our double crossing. Uh, oh yeah.
0: The beginning of the double cross, uh, second. double
1: cross Cox Cox, yeah, uh, <laughs> double cross Cox
0: <laughs> <laughs> a series of the show. Yeah. Uh, cause there's a lot of that going on here. But like, yeah, a really twisty plot thing going on. But the plot is not the main attraction. It is. No. The, the performances are great. I mean, you've got De Niro, Jean Reno, who have like the total like, come on, guys, kiss like man they have a great bromance like great bromance it's it's it's,
1: it was really great to see that because uh i remember seeing uh recently again like mission impossible one and like there's nothing worse than seeing jean renault as a bad guy i'm like no no stop like stop it such
0: a likable he's so good i just want to like him yeah Yeah.
1: and like the fact that he was buddied up with robert de Niro, and they never really divulge that much information about like who they are personally but they just like get each other immediately and like God
0: damn it, that's awesome. But De Niro also has, like, starts to form a relationship with Natasha McKellone as Deidre, who is the IRA operative in question. But you I'm set Deirdre. this whole thing up, and you're like, you guys are kind of cute together, to be honest. Uh, you know, it's, right? and it's you've got Stellan Skarsgård, you've got Sean Bean, you got Jonathan Price,
1: who Jonathan Price is doing his damnedest at an Irish accent. <sighs> and for an Englishman, it kind of works. It kind of works. I was like, why do you suck the most at this? But
0: this is just a great, great movie.
1: It's so much fun. It's, it's awesome. It, it was such a. And watching it in 4K, it was yeah. like, whoa, shit. Oh, it's
0: a nice upgrade by Kino Lorber to, yeah. to 4K. No question about it. Uh, it's just beautiful looking. And like you're watching all these scenes of the gorgeous city of Nice and France. Yeah. Is it Nice? Nice. Uh, nice. nice. Yeah. Sorry, is it Nice? I mean, it feels appropriate, because it is a nice it, city. Uh, yeah, for, uh, yeah maybe you should take again. it again. Okay, okay. Now. Here's the new host of Digital Noise. <laughs> uh, it's nice. Uh, the action scenes all work like crazy. When there are double crosses, you're like, whoa! Like It's man, just and it's, a
1: non-stop fun movie. I forget how good Stellan Skarsgård is as a bad guy. Oh, uh, yeah. Because you forget, it's like, oh yeah, he's so slimy and terrible and like really ruthless at the same time. So is Jonathan Price. Jonathan Price is like fucked up. Yeah, no, and I love
0: that like everybody gets their come up and says do. Yeah, it's, film. that's like, really fun. Oh yeah.
1: And, um, there's, there's a fantastic scene that's always stayed with me since I was in, I think I, I must have been in high school when I first saw Ronan, um, that there, the scene where he has to uh, do his own uh, s- uh, stitching, where yeah. he has to uh, take the bullet out Some of his gut yeah. and uh, Robert, Robert, Robert De Niro gets shot. Fuck you. If you haven't seen this, I don't care. And <laughs> uh, and so uh, but this is a great scene where they have to uh, uh, meet up with John renault 's uh, like old friend who was like in the game at one point. Who's great. He, who, I forget that French actor's name, uh, but he's so good. And, uh, but it's like that scene and then the scene after where he's explaining what a Ronin is. And uh, I was like, man, that's really well done. You would feel like in any other screenplay. Michael Lonsdale. Yes. Uh, you would feel like it's like, um, hacky, uh, for any other script or movie. The way yeah. he's like, by the way, here's the, like, are they going to say the title? Are they going to say it? <gasps> Ronin! And like, you know, I was like, okay, we got it. Um, but here it's one of the most like, natural ways yeah. that they talk about it and and it and it connects with the story very well.
0: Uh and this comes with all the original last release versions of the the extra features. So if you're thinking about getting this 4K, which is by far the d- definitive version all the previously existing extras from previous re- releases are here. And there's a lot of them, including a not as good alternate ending. But that's why they call them alternate. Wait, endings. what? Yeah. I didn't see that. No, it's it's not as good. What, uh, what is it?
1: Can we talk about it? No.
0: You oh. got to watch it for yourself.
1: I don't care anymore. <laughs>
0: uh, but lots of good archival programs. Uh, uh, the Both discs, the 4K and the Blu-ray, come with uh, a commentary direct recorded by John Frankenheimer, which is awesome. This is great. Frankenheimer himself feels like he was didn't feel as confident about this film after the fact because the critics were not super kind to it. I remember when it, first it, came it being out. like
1: a three starer.
0: Yeah, it was like yeah, it's fine. Honestly, this might be my favorite John Frankenheimer film. It's definitely his most like watchable. I mean, it's his most action packed. Sure. Yeah, I. I I don't. I would never say this is his best film, but it's the film of his like that you I come like the most. Back to yeah, the most. I, I've
1: I've definitely seen m- this movie more than any other John Frankenheimer movie. Oh yeah. Also, who's John Frankenheimer? Oh yeah, he's
0: just this guy, you know. Okay. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know. So going on to more Kino Lorber stuff, and man, we've been getting a lot of good Kino Lorber stuff lately.
1: Batting uh, a thousand, it's uh, great.
0: Uh, but um, Gorky Park. Which I know you like more than I do, uh-huh. but nonetheless is a you should see it if you haven't already seen it type of film. Yeah. Uh, based on the book by the same name of Martin Cruz Smith, who wrote a bunch of big stuff back in the day. Ooh. This is a 1983 adaptation of the book Oh, with William Hurt playing the lead role here. Um, as in a really fun Brian Dennehy role Playing a very Brian Dennehy role Yeah uh, comes like, the American. Fat American is just like
1: Hey let me help you out yeah,
0: Exactly like hey I don't play by your rules
1: <laughs> Yeah, like, This is Russia forget about it I, <laughs> love,
0: I love him so much
1: But Brian Dennehy is so much fun in anything he does Dude FX FX. Yeah. That's yeah. my
0: favorite. I'm it's, just like, oh my god, you're just so Brian Dennehy here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're Dennehying this like to the max.
0: Uh here this takes takes place in Moscow. Um, like stand in for Moscow anyway because back then they could not get permission to film in Moscow. Uh, with, oh, to yeah. much the regret of the director uh, Michael Apted who was very who was fighting so hard to get to do it because he really loved this book. Where did they shoot it? Uh Finland. Oh, okay. A lot, a lot of it, anyway. Tomato, tomato. Um, it was a box office disappointment, but it. And but, I can
1: but, see
0: why. But critics really liked it a lot. Yeah. Um, uh But uh, Arcady Renko, or, or William Hurt, is a basically a Moscow version of just a street cop
1: a street detective because well, he's a part of the they, they have like the militia which he's, is he's cops. not
0: kgb no which the whole film is like in the shadow of the kgb overlooking yeah. everything but it's like yeah i'm i'm a, a, honest to god cop who just wants to solve crimes and not yeah. involved in any politics at all right And he's called in there's three dead bodies two bed men and one woman in a place near the gorky park ice rink a big yeah you know, like public setting they're like how did these people get killed and no one noticed anything happened they were shot and their faces and fingertips were removed it was like yeah. a brutal fucking cover it up type killing yeah uh and, and they don't even know who they are uh, and he's like w- goes to the KGB and goes maybe this is more your sort of thing like here and they're like, nah, like we're, no no, you should take we're it we're not interested in this you and, should take it
1: ring Cole.
0: and it, it largely it's because like he's not going to figure any of this shit out so we're not worried about it and yeah. like, obviously the KGB is involved on some level, in some uh, way yeah and it's just like a, a it's a police investigative murder mystery type film that has a sexual element to it where he gets really attracted and has sex with one of the people who was involved in the whole crime yeah you know, as you do uh, who is very beautiful by the way
1: she's and, in tombstone she is uh, doc Holliday's uh, love interest in tombstone really yeah i did
0: not I realize like, i that. knew you weren't wearing a bustle uh joanna pacula yeah yeah um and you've got Lee Marvin as a rich American who right off the bat. You're like, well, I'm pretty sure you're the bad guy. Uh, well,
1: <laughs> not, not only that, but the, the, the whole like plot kind of revolves around the trade of sables. Now. Okay. Here's. Sable,
0: yeah. Sable furs. Sable which are furs. Extremely valuable.
1: Yeah. So here's how dumb I am on this week's episode of how dumb is right. <laughs> so when they were saying sables the entire time, I was like, it's like a sword? or something. It was Like, what they they're trading swords? I like, think they said Sade. I, <laughs> I I really didn't know what the fuck a sable was. Okay. And then and then when they finally showed it it was like that rat? Oh. Uh yeah. it's it's a ferret. I I don't get the fur thing. I never have. I, I don't but, get the fur yeah. thing, but I was just like, "Oh, what no they're to this day worth a huge amount Tons of, money. of money and yeah. like the way they're explaining it is like it's worth like hundreds and thousands of dollars yeah. uh, for just like you know a few yeah and uh i was like oh wow this is dumb and uh i mean but also i guess enough to kill people because yeah. you know I mean, it's the you, value. you buy into it in the sense of like that's a fact and yeah
0: there's people willing to kill lots of people for this right
1: right yeah but like uh, the, the the film uh, Gorky Park here's why I, I here's my uh uh theory why it didn't do well it's because the movie's named uh, Gorky Park
0: it's not a great title
1: it's a terrible title it's yeah. bad i mean I, maybe uh, if
0: you're from russia but this like, movie's not uh, really this is exactly Gorky Park pro-Russia? it's like i'm
1: very glad to watch this movie this is movie.
0: not one of those like hey russians are great movies yeah, yeah. It,
1: no it's not uh, i mean what i thought was actually interesting about it is that you know it's about a russian william hurt who plays a very you know kind of uh, oddly fey uh british accent yeah. sort of yeah, thing it's a going weird on choice which would i am actually okay with because i i'm i'm much rather them do that kind of stuff rather than doing like hello my name is william hood and the
0: first of eight novels based on this character what yeah there's seven more books about this character
1: i would not mind uh reading well none of Just those said. really Just but said. um Uh, what, what, that's the first thing I think that, um, that killed it. But then the other thing that I thought actually saved it by watching it is all the twists and turns and the double crossing and other double cross, uh, is also how graphic. The movie is. Oh, it is. It is very gory. Uh, I was not prepared for Especially like. Especially with like autopsy type sequences. The, the autopsy stuff. And also just like what happens towards the end with a couple of characters. Yeah. And uh, I, I was just like, this is a very, you know, this feels like is like, so my dad ran in a movie called Gorky Park, I guess. <laughs> this is like 1992 when like uh, Blockbuster was like in height. And, uh, and so there's like, I want to watch this. And, uh, you're like, oh, god damn it, dad. I just wanted to watch Beetlejuice again. And then you rinse this and then you realize like, oh, wow, my dad had good taste.
0: Your dad did have good you're, taste. Right. Everyone's is, dad probably had better taste than you give me. That's very true. I mean, unless your dad's Donald Trump.
1: Yeah, and that's true. Yeah. Uh, but like everyone in it, I thought was great. I loved William Hurt in this. I know you didn't really care for him that much in this. Actually, uh,
0: I thought this was kind of a weak William Hurt performance for me. I was like, eh, this is kind of... I feel like you're... Maybe it's that he didn't even attempt to do an accent. This is one of those films that was like... Well, Everybody's like, everybody just has their normal accents. Right. It. Yeah. Well,
1: remember, um, Valkyrie, uh, yeah. the, the Tom also Cruise annoyed the fuck out of me. I can, I can understand why it annoys the fuck out of people, but it's the same with the same thing with Chernobyl though. Yeah. Right. So Chernobyl, everyone had a British accent, but they're, yeah, obviously- but
0: everyone had a British accent. He didn't even have a British accent here. He
1: It was just he, like one of those like everybody's just got whatever accent
0: they have. Don't worry
1: which, about it. Which again, I was honestly totally fine with the end because I I believed the characters. I thought the the plot was interesting. Uh he's
0: just like guy from like Midwest going like, Hey, I don't know. It looks like there's a body.
1: No, he did not do that. <laughs> he had like a, a slight like British accent Bear. that I, I thought that was like, Wow, I don't know what that is, but uh <laughs> it's it's like uh <laughs>
0: I uh, think there's a body here in Russia. I'm a Russian.
1: Hey, I think there's a body. Hey, I here. think there's a body
0: over here fucking yeah.
1: Gorky Park. Uh, like, yo, know, who the fuck did you, you know cuts off the faces well, of people, in solve Gorky this, Park? But let's get some gabagool. Let's get uh, some
0: gabagool. Gabagool, go, gabagool, I don't know why our American accent turns into like The Sopranos, <laughs> but uh,
1: uh, we're from Texas. I know. <laughs> <I never. laughs> I'm <laughs> fucking uh, from Where El Paso, get, Texas. Like, we'll like, <laughs> uh, no big deal. What are you talking about? Get the fuck out of here! we record like, hey y'all, it's all good. We're gonna figure this out. It's all good. Come on, now it's gonna be no big deal. It's gonna be no big deal. In Gorka Park, everything works out just fine. It's just because up. their faces aren't no, there more. Doesn't mean they don't have faces. Think about be, that it's one. It's gonna be alright. All it's right, gonna, all gonna right. be alright. Yeah. But, uh, I, I like the, the twists and turns and, um, and I like the addition to, uh, the story with Brian Dennehy because he's like that X factor. Yeah. But he's
0: not. He's yeah. the best part about this film for me.
1: I would disagree, but, uh, yeah. I, I think that he's actually underutilized. I Just love Brian Dennehy. I, I love so Brian Dennehy, much. but he's not in it enough. Yeah. Uh, cause there's a good, cause the movie I think is only what, it's actually two hours it's like a meaty two hours but like the movie does kind of feel yeah, 128 long. minutes yeah like the movie feels like at it least five super hours long long. and um and so there's a good portion of the film where brian denny he's like bye and <laughs> yeah, uh yeah. and then he pops up and again and you're like what the fuck where, where did but he come from it
0: has a great finale
1: i'll give it that finale is great the finale is, the finale
0: is terrific
1: and, and oh, it pays off and lee marvin is like oh, bad he's yeah. a bad guy yeah and it was like kind of interesting to see him in like just a really, you know, shitty role. Also, you like, knew
0: who else is in this?
1: Palpatine. Mac, uh, and uh McDermott. Ian yeah. McDermott. Yeah. Who is oddly creepier than Palpatine. Yeah. Uh, cause he recreates, uh, uh, heads and faces yeah. of uh, people who've died from, uh, you know, uh, uh, from the past. Uh, but they hear like, william hurd's like can you please try to uh you know fucking make this fucking please good uh, head of these people who died <laughs> i
0: love you doing a mixture of a know- <laughs> Russian thing.
1: hey y'all hey hey y'all can you make <laughs> this y'all. head for me please and uh <laughs> and he does it and it's like that's a thing that happens like there's uh, sequences where e McDermott is like creating this head from scratch and then i think about him like like, because what happens in the film? Is I mean, like, it's
0: a big plot point. It's a big plot point, but it's also like, yeah, we know. Yeah,
1: it's it's an odd reversal of like dramatic irony, where the audience is already like, yeah, I, I'm there. Why I, aren't you there? I yet? felt like
0: the advancing of like plot points crawls for me. In this I get film. it. I get it. It yeah. just is so slow to go from one to the next thing, and then. They get into the personal life of the characters. And I'm like, I don't care about your personal life. You're a really boring character. Like, I liked I but
1: I liked a lot of the interactions between like William Hurt and his um his buddy. Yeah. Um I like that stuff. That's and the
0: strongest point. It's great. When the two of them are on screen, it's on
1: fire. And then um but then the when the severity of the um the violence happens, when it does, it's like it's so severe and intense that I I just wasn't expecting it. And it always like bring me back in. I'm like, whoa, Uh, like definitely again, like the practical effects and the makeup effects for like the face cutting like that shit. Oh yeah. I was like, holy shit, this is fucked up. Yeah,
0: No, I agree with you. Yeah, Uh, Kino Lorber has put this out. There's a uh, director, Michael Apted interview. You want to read it? You got got this? Really? (laughs) About 16 (laughs) minutes long. uh, This from 2014. Uh, and other than that, that's it. Uh, yeah, it's pretty bare bones. Uh, but like, you know, I mean, if you've never seen Gorky Park, like I said, it's not one of the ones that speaks to me, but it does speak to a lot of people. A lot of people really champion this film. Yeah. And you should check it out.
1: Definitely. I would recommend it.
0: Uh, next one is one that I think Wright and I both agreed on, oh, which man. is the film that neither one of us had ever heard of the 1989 film The Package directed by Andrew Davis who was known for doing like Under Siege and The Fugitive
1: The fucking Fugitive yo
0: yeah I'm just saying one of the greatest action cop chase movies ever made I-
1: I'll, I'll say this before you move forward watch this movie then The Fugitive you'll come
0: because
1: <laughs> th- one watch- noise
0: has become movie <laughs> sex
1: advice <laughs> Cause having these is like a double feature. It would be a fucking badass Well, This day. one's got
0: Tommy Lee Jones in it as well. Right.
1: Although here he's playing the bad he's, guy. He's a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh man. I, cause you forget that when Tommy Lee Jones plays a bad guy in a movie, you're like, that's awesome. Well, the good, he's guy, so good. The
0: great, good guy here is Gene Hackman, who Woo! is a U.S. Army Green Beret Master Sergeant, Johnny Gallagher. Uh, and he is, uh, Well-trusted and well-liked, but he gets himself in a position that's a little above his pay grade here that ends up being kind of about a conspiracy to assassinate the president of the United States. Yes. Uh, And this is a long road to get here in this film. It's very reminiscent in some ways to me of a movie we're going to talk about later, The Manchurian Candidate. Right, right, right. Uh, Not in the sense of mind control, but like... That it's this big conspiracy that in, a person walks in from the outside who, who is a military person themselves going like, wait a minute, what?
1: Yeah, it's like, this is what this is about. Yeah. Like, I, I thought I was just like, uh, you know, a part of some like little squabble bullshit here. And this just happens to be like the most important thing that's happening right now. Like, holy yeah. shit.
0: And you've got Joanna Cassidy playing here. Who's known as playing Zora and Blade Runner for me, but she's oh, yeah. been in a bunch of films here. Uh, Dennis Franz, John Hurd. Pam, John Hurd is a Pam Greer. Beautiful prick. This movie is A huge
1: surprise!
0: I just pure entertainment and quality. I fell right off the bat. I was like, "Oh wait, this is really good."
1: Really, right out of the gates, I was like, "I I was loving all the characters." Because Gene Hackman has this old, like, older man swagger that I've never seen in any other character. Where it's like, "Yeah, that guy is a prick," but I kind of love him, just like how he walks and how he talks to people, like. Everyone respects him. He can be a little hard on people, but also at the same time, if if he respects you, you're like, oh,
0: man, I fucking earned that's that. a. But part of the thing of this is like his whole thing of like being where, oh, suddenly he's kind of on the run and he yeah. can't trust anyone and yeah. nobody respects him. Like we know from the get go, he's a great fucking guy.
1: He's and, a good guy. Yeah. And,
0: and And like he wants to do the right thing no matter what. And him like, that's just it. I could just shut up and go fade away, and nothing would happen to me. But I'm not gonna. I'm not that person. Right. I'm. I'm going to find out what's going on here. And at this point, he has no idea it's about the assassination of the president of the United no, States. No, it's, and
1: it's pretty uh, late in the game yeah. when he figures that out. I was like, wait, what?
0: Yeah. And, and it's just an incredibly complex plot going on to double cross, double
1: cross, double cross, double cross, double cross, double cross. It's it's twisty and turny and. And Tommy Lee Jones is like uh, he's a, a, a prisoner who's going to be court mars- marshaled. There's
0: a point; it feels like it's going to turn into a buddy comedy.
1: I was like the two of them. Yeah, when uh, when I was starting to watch, it's like
0: oh, it's like Midnight Run. Yeah, yeah. Like, I thought, okay. Oh, it's going to be that kind of movie. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. cool. And then
1: it doesn't. Yeah, and you're like, oh shit. Yeah. Okay, it
0: very much feels like a Frankenheimer
1: film, despite yes. not being a Frankenheimer. Yeah, film. it totally does. And like, and again, um. I think I watched The Fugitive like maybe a year or two ago again, and uh,
0: never a bad time to rewatch. It's
1: never movie. a bad time to watch that goddamn movie. Um, then watching this and seeing how it shot because Andrew Davies is also he was a a great uh, DP. Davis. Davis. Yeah. Davis. Davis. It's, Davis. it's Davis. 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 Um, and uh, he he shoots his movies, man, like just really well like they're they're not they they oddly seem matter of fact like kind of uh shots yeah but uh it, it's just done so well like like i need to focus on what is important in this shot and uh and it's man like he keeps the action going like the editing is this so well paced one
0: of those things like under siege shouldn't have been a hit either yeah it was like getting towards the end of like uh seagal career you know? Right, right. Yeah. And it was like, oh, here was his last hurrah. Right. Because it's a really well made myth film.
1: And, and Tommy Jones is a fucking badass, awesome bad guy. <laughs> yeah. He's like that quirky weirdo. Yeah. And, and, and it's always funny because like Tommy Lee Jones, anytime he plays a bad guy, he's always off kilter. Yeah. He's just, he's a little out there. And uh, because
0: Tommy Jones, I suspect, is actually kind of a bad guy,
1: <laughs> probably so i think right? I think and but i what I loved about this one, though, is that he's like slightly conflicted in the, why he's a bad guy, yeah. and I thought that was really interesting, yeah and uh but again, even with this film and just like the Fugitive, like when the violence happens, it does not hold back you're no. just like, oh my fucking and God, I love,
0: there's the whole point when you get in the third act, there's that whole confusion about like. The, the brilliantly set up of like you think you're watching one thing happen, yes, but you don't realize that you're watching it from the wrong perspective. And right, like, oh man, this is a great film, man. That it's anybody should fast paced. Like, I, I I am anxious for you guys to discover because like for me, like total blank for me. Of like mm-hmm. like the only reason we even I I asked for it because when Kino Lorber puts out their list of stuff that's available, I often there's stuff like if there's going to be a hidden gem, it's probably coming from Kino Lorber Mm -hmm. and I'll go and research it and go like every single title they offer and go like, well, what do people say about it? Who's in and who directed it? Yada, yada. Take chances. Sometimes they don't always pay off. (laughs) This is one. I was like, even looking at that, I was like, oh i never heard of this fucking film before yeah. and that boy this was a payoff hidden gem of a film
1: it's it's really great and uh, the the picture though uh on the front of the it's not great artwork uh yeah. gene hackman looks like sweet and coy uh <laughs> he he's like I, I'm, I look at him like is that even gene hackman <laughs> i it does not look like gene because and eminem as gene hackman <laughs> 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 Gene Hackman has always been just like a round head of a man. Yeah. And this, where it, like the cover makes him look a little bit more like svelte. Yeah. And, uh, but also he has like, it feels like he's, he has no chin, where it just, but even though he has a butt chin, it's it a, just goes from chin to neck. It's weird artificial artwork. It's really, it does not look good. But yeah. Kino Lorber continue to uh make really Keep great doing releases. What you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Uh there is
0: a brief intro with the uh director welcoming people to seeing this. Oh, and, and Joanna Cassidy. Oh, wow. Yeah, commentary with him and Joanna Cassidy, the the, the big female actress in this and then And she's great in this too. Oh, she's terrific in this. Yeah, and mm-hmm.
1: she's she's not like uh uh you she's know, not a femme relegated to like she's just She's
0: not like, a femme she's not a screaming Mimi. Yeah, she you know. is
1: just as smart and capable as yeah. everyone else she's in the film. It's like, this is fucking awesome.
0: And there's a six minute interview with her in particular. Uh, this is great. Really, really seek this out.
1: Super knockout movie, and we're
0: gonna keep going to really great movies with uh, another Frankenheimer, the original Manchurian Candidate. Double which cross, I was cross, double cross, double so cross. happy you get your fi- you finally got to see this. You'd never seen this I, I, before, I, I, yeah. and it's a 1962 film that was deeply prescient uh, in many ways. I well, can only
1: well, imagine at the time period. Yeah, you're
0: like you're like, oh my god, really? Based on a 1959 novel. Uh one of the best and there's few, but one decidedly one of the best or the best Frank Sinatra performances. I mean, the man with the golden arm is the other one where you're like, right. oh wow, terrific. But uh Lawrence Harvey, who most people know it from Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, he's the boss who the, the old white guy boss is like, everybody wants to be Mr. B- Mr. Black. I can't have five guys who are all Mr. Black. That's not Lawrence Harvey. Is, is it not?
1: No. I think that's Lawrence Harvey. I guarantee there's no way that's Lawrence Harvey. No, you're right. It's not Lawrence Harvey.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm wrong.
1: He hasn't been in like in a ton of things, quite that's honestly. That's all right. Just cut this part out. I'm not. When uh, I send this to you, just cut no. this part
0: out. <laughs> it has got Angela Lansbury, Janet Lee, Henry Silva. Everybody forgets how big of a star Henry Silva was.
1: He him. was. And he, was he like, can he play was. any uh, ethnicity.
0: Oh, yeah. That's his whole thing. Yeah. He was like the rock of his time. <laughs> <laughs> i'm whatever you need to be <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> he was like i can play
0: vietnamese it's no big deal raymond shaw played by lawrence harvey who is not uh, uh the guy from reservoir Dogs. well
1: and also he's he's definitely not british yeah, definitely not i yeah. i will say about this film is like oh man i i didn't i because i've never seen lawrence harvey in a movie before because i right. had not you know seen reservoir dogs uh but uh man you're not gonna (laughs) let this go are you (laughs) uh but
0: who am i thinking of
1: he i have no idea his name like his name might be like lawrence or maybe harvey but it's not lawrence harvey
0: all right fine keep going
1: but uh he he is trying his damnedest not to have his british accent uh just like you know petering throughout lawrence tierney ah there it is um so I thought I was being really cool uh, throughout watching this movie, and I was I was doing some research about this. Seems unlikely. Well, not as cool as you, because you know I didn't know Lawrence Harvey was in the Reservoir Dogs. But um, oh my god. Uh, but I didn't know that Lawrence Harvey's daughter, uh, Domino Harvey. What. M- you know who she is? No. Oh, okay. Hold on one second.
0: Are you making this up? Oh, no, no, no. Okay.
1: I get to be cool now because I told this. like you're making up a thing. No. I. So I told Eric this and he was like, yeah, I know. I'm like, oh, God damn it. I don't know. So Lawrence Harvey, his daughter ended up becoming a bounty hunter called Domino Harvey, which the Wait, film. Wait, that's the Domino? Do- the Tom, Tony uh, Scott directed a movie about her life starring Keira Knightley. That's Domino Harvey. This seems questionable. Nope. That's exactly what it is. I'm looking it up. And she OD'd, but, you know.
0: (laughs) Well, who wouldn't in that situation?
1: Uh, But yeah, uh, that's uh, his daughter, is Domino Harvey.
0: Anyway, back to this movie. That's good.
1: All right, so the next movie is... So
0: so we see Lawrence Harvey was captured by Soviet and Chinese soldiers during the Korean War, was taken there. Uh, Like, he is released. He's awarded the Medal of Honor. There's a lot of, like, what was happening with all of this. There's a lot of flashback and forth. Why does so everyone it, have the same nightmare? Like, Who is talking? Who is, who is, what's the situation here? There's a bit of confusion of like, is this a post thing or a during thing? Yeah. And it's like, as it becomes clear, you know, the Manchurian candidate in and of itself has become a catch all term in politics, even of just like somebody who has been manipulated to the point that like they don't even know what's real. They they're can't just,
1: control what they're doing. They can't they, control what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and so it's, you, you have at least know the plot if you, you know, just by osmosis yeah. through film is that he, he and the rest of the, his crew were brainwashed by the Soviets and the Chinese. And, um, and for him specifically, it's like just a, a secret agent of theirs to take out, um, uh, you know, a military leader. Or or just a leader of some kind, or just being their own personal assassin, but just on the other side yeah, of you know. He's the,
0: trained with like code words and stuff, and even his own mother being part of this plot. Angela, like Lansbury, Angela Lansbury, yeah. You were like, this is deeply. That's one of the things that makes this movie work the best. Yeah, it almost feels like a Hitchcockian type thing. It definitely feels Hitchcockian, yeah, of it. Where you're like wow his own mother who's just a, the uber bitch of uber bitches yeah
1: well it it, ha- it the reason why i think it also it feels like hitchcockian is because it has like just like little of like oedipus rex sort of yeah. shit going on yeah. like there's that going. there's on. like a slight more like sexual tension oddly there's enough a
0: lot of like like she has no interest in the success of communism this is just a we will succeed here in America by doing this, by making yeah. this deal. And we don't give a fuck if it gives and two I'd, seconds more to yeah. success. And, to and I don't care
1: if it's yeah. like ruining your life, but for yeah. the greater good of what it's going to do for you in the long and run.
0: Honestly, right now it feels super fucking accurate. Oh yeah, totally.
1: <laughs> uh, but there, uh, we we're talking about this before we recorded, but uh, so the, what I loved about this, I mean, I, I love the movie, but um, one of the, I think one of the best scenes I've ever seen um you know, I guess either like you can attribute it to either interrogation or brainwashing scenes. Which there's not too many brainwashing scenes out there in like films. No, but uh, but you can, you know, it's akin to again like interrogation scenes. This has the most stylistic and incredibly inventive brainwashing scene I've ever seen. Oh yeah, and um, it's it's really cool how Frank John uh, Frankenheimer. Uh, direct this to where he is showing point blank of how they're being brainwashed at the time but he is mirroring it with what they they are experiencing through the brainwashing itself which they're at like like at a tea party or something like that.
0: Yeah and, and the it, whole thing with like the playing cards its just yeah. so makes it so iconic. Yeah. There's something about it that's just like it feels like I'm surprised more musicians haven't had songs named after elements of this film <laughs> because it does feel like that kind of thing it's just very iconic all this symbolism yeah. I mean, frank sinatra for god's sakes
1: he's like, coming in is like
0: this guy who's like an outsider who's like uh something's wrong
1: well he, he was a part of the the crew and he's just finally the one that's saying like he's speaking up like or yeah. he's like he's at least a uh, high up in the food chain and still in the military where he's like i'm having nightmares and i think that they're valid for some reason we should talk about them and of course you know i'm assuming most people in the military would be like fuck you stop, 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 stop PTSD, talking about you it's, yeah it's like that shell shock and um but they obviously end up becoming a little bit more valid uh once they figure it's out what's realist- going on oh,
0: he's the survivor from all this who right, actually right. remembers kind of what was going on and is breaking through and it's like oh shit, I think this guy is the guy who is not yeah. going to recover from this and is going to do something really bad.
1: And uh, Lawrence Harvey, um, as the titular Manchurian candidate, um, he is so good and tragic and doomed oh, and yeah. a prick. Uh, he like He just
0: thinks he, he's a good guy. Yeah. He has no idea what's going on in his own
1: brain. Th- there's another great scene where he is talking about the only time he's been happy in his life. And that is one of the most heartbreaking scenes I've seen in a very long time with very like serious like thrillery you know plot and it was like oh my god his girlfriend
0: turns into a werewolf and they all (laughs) dance oh is that not what you meant I hate this so much (laughs) you you love it god damn this show cause this is thriller 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 thriller
1: night night. (laughs) you not seriously
0: in other words I don't know the words you're not generation x it's fine no
1: I, like i love thriller but i'm just like i what well, do you know the words I,
0: I question your commitment to thriller motion
1: okay <laughs> what else is on this
0: anyway uh there is a commentary <laughs> from the director uh there is uh and this is 4k and the 4k look 4k's of black and white films nine times out of ten look fantastic like there's something about like getting to that level of upgrade that makes it pop like crazy yeah the other exception is technicolor stuff like when you go back into like the stuff that's like oh like singing the rain stuff like that we're like where the colors were designed to super pop 4k works like crazy with that Mm -hmm. this looks amazing this looks amazing this is the version to get of this film for sure uh there's a it also comes with a blu-ray disc with like all the previous extras that came with this, which are also good, uh, Friedkin is a great fucking director. Um, Franken? I'm sorry, Friedkin? Friedkin.
1: Uh William Friedkin.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry, Frankenheimer. Friedkin comes in to talk about the Frankenheimer. Film. Sorry, Friedkin has an extra feature here talking about this. Uh right. oh, yeah, that uh, a little solitaire. I, I often confuse Friedkin and Frankenheimer because their films in a certain period are very similar. And they themselves seem like there were a lot of films that they, like, were either first or second choice for. And let's not forget, Freakin' directed The French Connection. Right. And who directed The French Connection, too? John Frankenheimer.
1: No shit. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's crazy. Anyway, oh, wow. this is an all-time classic film. You should put it on your list if you've never seen it. And I get it. I like the Denzel Washington Washington remake of it as well. Jonathan Demme, baby. Yeah, but it's not as good as the original. And the original really holds the fuck up.
1: Yeah, I kind of want to watch the remake again just to see um what it's like compared to this now since I've seen it.
0: Yeah, no, i I have it and I'm like, I need to watch it again. I've watched. I mean, it's
1: been since what a two thousand four since it came re- out. I've
0: watched the remake once and went, "That's pretty good." Yeah, I've watched this movie like seven times. Yeah, I'm like, okay, I probably owe the remake another watch. Considering when I saw it, I, I liked it. You're right. Right. Yeah. All right, for this one from Criterion, we're going all the way back to nineteen thirty nine. Nineteen thirty nine. whoa, that was with a, a f- war. <laughs> with the film that, honestly. Like by the 50s, even though initially this French film by Jean Renard was con- Renoir was considered to be a failure, a bomb. by the 50s, it was being talked about as the greatest film ever made. Yeah. Uh, and even today, it's on almost every best film ever like, made top list, 10 list. Top kind of 10 list. Yeah. Like, and on some of them, it's in number one. Right. The rules of the game, I was always like, wait, what is that? Like, never, like, no one I know ever talks about this. Well, it's just like, black and white, lame. Like, no, no, uh, no, 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 But, like, okay, you okay. like, people, you know, like, give me, we're all like, yeah, I love, we just talked about the fucking Manchurian Candidates, a black and white film. We talked about lots of black and white films that we love. Like, Citizen Kane, I'll give you, one of the greatest films ever made, easily belongs in the top ten of greatest films ever made. Yeah. 100% there. This one, I'm like, I, I, I everyone says it, but who actually has seen it? Well now, right and scene. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: yeah, I mean, sure, I get it, I get it. Yeah, I, I mean, I get how uh, transgressive could, it was, for maybe the time, for the time. Yeah, this I is, mean, again, it's nineteen thirty fucking nine when this movie was made, which is very hard to fathom. It's Kind of a, it's a dramedy of
0: manners, y-
1: yes, as know. it describes multiple times. Yeah, and uh, it, it's um. It's, it's just, it, feels like a play, which I, I really do appreciate coming from the theater background. Yeah. But, um, I, I liked it how, uh, Jean Renoir, Ren- Renoir, Renoir, um, Jean Renoir, uh, he, you just
0: want to talk about more Jean Renoir I do stuff. too, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, but I, I like he, uh, I guess for this time period, it was very cheeky. Uh, with all the again sort of double crossy ishness yeah, uh, that's going on, except
0: in a different way than the spy movies. M-
1: more r- romantically, double crossed yeah, so This
0: is a romantic comedy, ultimately. Yeah, but like it's not funny.
1: It's not supposed <sighs> to be funny, really. I mean, it's it's funny. It's more of like <laughs> and it's like it's more th- like uh... it's like it's like a a very highbrow dinner when someone says something like slightly cheeky, like <clears throat> I mean it's look at its time. It was using a lot of new film techniques
0: that people were like, Oh, that's kind of exciting and, and different. Uh, he zoomed, uh, even audiences hated this when it came out, Yeah, but that's because it was a very hardcore criticism of the culture of France. Right. And it took, a while a decade or more for people to go like oh that was an accurate criticism and now it's quite funny
1: yeah and Uh, and but uh, he had a you know a great success with the grand illusion and uh right before this and then he took like a hard left turn yeah and did this and like what and uh i i forget it's like oh yeah i mean we're just we're still the same today like as soon as like one of our fave directors does something different you're like the fuck you doing paul Thomas anderson yeah and uh and
0: i still don't like this movie
1: and um (laughs) but uh it's 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 the same thing even in 1939 i guess because i guess like film critics and uh, and fans are still pricks back then well
0: it was originally cut down from its full running time to 85 minutes 113 minutes to 85 and re-released and Oh, I watched the the long run. Well, that's the only one available on here on this new criterion. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh which is considered to be the, you know, real version of this film. Right. Um, it was banned by the French government for having an undesirable influence by. This the is young. too
1: French. Uh, Fuck
0: you, you motherfucker. Unsurprisingly, the Nazis also banned it. Uh so it was unavailable to watch actually for a while. Yeah. Um but it got rediscovered uh, in a Venice film festival year. And I genuinely, it's one of those films like you go into going, okay, this is, I have to watch this because it's considered one of the greatest films of all time. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not really feeling this. Look,
1: we're we're being real here, but it's, it's those, you have to be in a mood to like, I have to watch one of the most important films ever made.
0: It's about the whole like a French war hero returns And the woman he's coming back to isn't even there. And he's like, what the fuck? And then he gets invited to a private rich people party that she's going to be at. And he's like, oh, we'll make it all work there. But everybody's cheating on everybody. Yeah. And like, and it's all about sort of the social mores of the time. And okay. There's a point about in the beginning of the third act that I finally felt like, oh, wait, I'm, I'm actually because I'm super paying attention to this. I'm feeling this now. And by the end, I was like, okay, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I I get it. I get why people love this movie to some extent. like, obviously the advances in photography, like- Alone. Are are, are lost on me in terms of a viewer watching it now and being excited about that. Sure. But- going okay this is really clever and neat but it's never really a fun watch of a film well i mean it's it's just super clever and the dialogue is well written and everybody is like really good in it there's nothing bad about it it's just gonna take you a bit to get into the the realm yeah want you to be
1: the first like hour in i don't know maybe 15 uh you're just like all right, you're really getting to know everyone and in this so movie. Many characters. There's there's a lot of characters, oh and God. everyone looks French. And so I was like, "Who's who?" Because well, they're uh, all French. That's I mean, yeah. but um that's how that works. <laughs> but uh, when when I think that, maybe I can call the moment where you're like, "Okay," oh, uh, was when um they were doing that. Play sort of thing yeah like that moment where like it gets super kinet- kinetic all of a sudden you're like yeah hey, hey! like i'm kind of awake again <laughs> everything speeds up after that to yeah. wrap up all these
0: storylines yeah and, and you're like oh okay i kind of getting why people like this film as much yeah. as they do
1: because it is um man i don't know what like what to compare this movie to
0: i can't think of anything i mean there and yet there are so many films and you know, film directors who are like I'm so deeply influenced by this. Movie.
1: I I could see maybe uh like the the Before trilogy a little bit with uh Richard Linklater where it's it's just very heavy talking and uh which it's funny was it a uh, logan paul uh walked out of uh oppenheimer because like everyone's talking all the time it's
0: like why do you feel like you need to say something even stupider than everything you've already said
1: well that and also just like what oh, the, f- who the f- have you seen movies before like what are you <laughs> fucking talking so this movie he was like after the first like five minutes like they're just talking and uh <laughs> and so I I guess I was going to say it's like I get what he's talking about though. Now. <laughs> so, yeah. But uh it's a uh, it's very it's you know a super talky movie uh but at the same time though everyone's really charismatic, everyone's really great. It, again, it has this underlining uh just like uh it's 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 well written in the comedy. It's just it's not like jokey jokey. It's just uh it's like oh, that's 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 much that's I mean, that's very fun the
0: biggest person i think that no question was influenced by this was robert altman like his oh, naturalistic yeah, style sure. of yeah like totally. lots and lots of characters who kind of like this is a very early example of a film where people kind of talk over each other and it's all super naturalistic and you're like that was not a thing back then mm-hmm. but you can see how that was an influence so obviously on mike lay and woody allen as well yeah. but specifically on Altman.
1: I, I can i can see that for sure and um and again, you, you see from uh Jean Renard Renard Renoir. Renoir. Um What is your problem with that? It's the seventh fucking drink. Seventeenth. Seventeenth yeah. drink now. Um but uh I could see how uh, cause he plays one of the characters. I didn't know he was gonna be in it. Yeah. Exactly. Um yeah. and so he and he plays okay, uh, that's
0: my buddy, John Ren John Ren-
1: Ren- 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 John. John, <laughs> John. John? No, John. Um but, uh, he, he plays like a, he, what he he plays a, a, a just, um, a, a side character, but then like kind of pushes himself into like the forefront of the, the love quadrangle that's yeah. going on or whatever it is. And, um, and the other, the other, uh, piece of work that I was thinking of the entire time watching this was much to do about nothing. Huh. And uh, I was like, "Oh, everyone's just being cheeky, and everyone's trying to fuck everyone else." And and uh, and it just it felt like it's like we need to get them together. We need to know, but we need to get them there's, together.
0: There's a cynicism about the everyone in the culture that's here that I don't think is as much in the Shakespeare piece. Maybe it was, but again, well, maybe product of its time. Yeah. You know. Uh, but there's an there's a disdain that is underlying everything here that I feel like at points makes it more difficult to watch now, but was funnier back then.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. And there's, I mean, I don't know if this needs to be brought up really, but like, and it's not really important, but I was a little like taken aback by a few things that were in the film where, uh, it was, I, I, i guess at the time it didn't really matter because it was 1939 so like fuck racism and uh (laughs) but there was like a little like couple of racist things and they were like oh well that's weird 1939 it's 1939 i mean (laughs) yeah like uh, i guess not everything can be
0: cast black yeah
1: Yeah. uh, white (laughs) right right. and and only white people had rights and like only a few did (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) so uh uh it's just it was funny that a few parts was like wow that is dated well, this Criterion Edition is a 4K full on edition of
0: it. It looks terrific. It's it got does, commentary yeah. uh, with Peter Bogdanovich, sadly passed away just recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Great film director in his own right, who reads a text written by film scholar and close friend of the director, Alexander uh, Sesinowski. I don't that's probably totally Can we get this wrong. one? Uh, a short introduction of the film by John Renoir in French. Uh, uh, comparative analysis of this is
1: the rules at the game uh,
0: comparative analysis of the different versions of the film by film historian professor of film studies chris faulkner uh, scene analysis by him as well uh, program Jean renard le patron which director and critic jacques Rivette, uh who uh <laughs> which was created for a french television series Discusses the production history of the film and its messages. What's the television
1: series called? Uh,
0: le <laughs> Belle La Belle Noison.
1: <laughs> le, le, die, le um, again, wall.
0: probably wrong. Uh, Jean Renard, uh, Renoir. I said it like you. Hey. Uh, part one of film critic David Thompson's two-part BBC documentary on him. Production history. Uh, three video essays dealing with the production history of it. Uh, there's multiple interviews and a 40-page illustrated booklet. This is a solid pick and honestly it's one of those like (laughs) i I was saying i talk about this with my wife i was like i've reached that point of my film criticism career where we're getting down the movies that i've resisted watching for decades yeah i know what you mean and i'm like but i need to watch it at some
1: point and because i need to sort of sound like i know what i'm talking about. no but
0: i need to actually watch it i love film and i want to see all these aspects of it and i feel like if I wait for the stuff I'm least interested in, maybe I'll have a greater appreciation of it with seeing all the other stuff around it. Here, and this is one I'm like, I'm glad I waited. It is not for noobs.
1: No, it's not. And uh, here, here's what I'll con- compare it to. Uh, th- this whole idea of like finally having to watch the films that you've kind of resisted because you're like, I know it's going to be good. It's like, I guess I have to watch The Wages of Fear now, finally. uh, I but, not watch that. I, I haven't either. And I own it. <laughs> Uh, But here's what I compare it to And also R.I.P. Paul Rubens But it's the scene in How is that going to come into it? I'm going to bring it back it's the scene in Pee Wee's Big Adventure where he is saving all the animals in the pet shop, and he's saving the snakes for last because he's like, Lugh. and uh, and it's. I feel like that is what it is. Like you'll take all the cute shit first and take it out and like you know put yeah. them in a nice place, and then finally you know you have to save them because they're still animals and you know they're still worth it. And then he'll finally do it, and then he'll scream, and you'll scream, and uh, and then you're like, I finally we all scream them. for ice cream. We, we all scream for ice cream.
0: All right, we're gonna move on to the best films well we're gonna move on to the best films no not yet not yet wait hold on oh yeah yeah we gotta talk about the last of us sorry the <laughs> hbo slash max what are you doing seriously that's a huge mistake to the um, max um the last of us uh, maybe the greatest video game adaptation ever made
1: it is i i it's hard to say it's not well i mean what would be
0: better i, I mean i can't what? think of anything no i mean the theme to mortal kombat was cool <laughs>
1: I mean, also, I Am guess. Am I wrong? Well, it was really cool. It is really cool, but yeah. also, you could argue just based on box office alone, the Super Mario Brothers animated movie is the best animated or it's best the most video game movie. Successful. It's the most successful. Yeah. Uh, but I, Last of I Us, I still have not seen it. So, you haven't? No, I want to. It's I not just, bad. No, it's just like some of the the needle drops, and you're just like, what the I fuck? want
0: to. I just don't give that the good fuck
1: i mean it's it's a good like friendly watch
0: yeah i'm gonna watch it.
1: it's the stakes point. that you have to You'll pick
0: watch up it at some point right? it's the
1: rules of the game super mario brothers oh. movie All right,
0: you're you're harassing me and this is toxic
1: <laughs> <laughs> but the last of us is by far the best definitely best video game adaptation but also I'll one see. of the greatest series i've seen in fucking years well
0: it's based on I would say one of the best video games,
1: one of the best video games of you know, all time,
0: assuming you like very dramatic story based games, right? Where, that drags you into it in a very cinematic way. And this was certainly like the next step after the uncharted series, the natural next step Yeah, where it was like, that was super cinematic. It was very dramatic and got more dramatic as it went along. And the graphics and the were amazing. And the it. graphics were amazing. And it was very like, It's like playing the lead character in a movie where even during the cutscenes, you're still
1: controlling it. That's what Um, was like a huge um, deal about this. And not not only for the just a show, but then, well, once the game became such a huge hit, people were discussing, we got to make it in a movie or a TV show. Yeah. And like, well, we already had the game. Why? Because like you were basically playing the movie for, you know, 20 hours. And
0: I'll tell you. Like, I love those games. I love them to death. And I, I, They're honestly, great. I'm constantly have to talk myself out of just going back and replaying them instead of some new game. I,
1: I've only played, uh, I think I've played The Last of Us one, uh, twice or three times something like that i played
0: it twice i've not gone back yet and replayed the second one which i think is even better
1: i Uh, man the second game there's a lot of haters around it because they're you know pieces of shit i guess because they're like women and uh but it's a better game it's man Uh, gameplay wise it's a better game and story story wise (laughs) it is just like it's so fascinating and it's
0: punch you in the gut like
1: the the last of us, the first game is so punch you in the gut already. Yeah. And this is like punch you in the gut and call them all at the so. same time. Yeah. Just but like
0: in a way that is not manipulative. No, it's not like it it's all, all makes earned. sense. It's all earned. Like, it's just a great, it's like one of the great movies already. Yeah. yeah except it, it's a video game. Yeah. It's you just, know? it's. And so when they were like, we're doing a series, I'm like,
1: why? That, that's yeah. what my point is. It's yeah. like, why would you do that? And then they got uh, Craig Mason, who had done one good thing, one good thing. But
0: boy, was it a good thing!
1: It was a great thing. Chernobyl. Yeah, that was Uh, that was such an odd roll of the dice because from
0: so much bad shit. Yeah,
1: like the hangover movies is the, the
0: hangover sequels which sequels are terrible yeah
1: that's right and yeah. then
0: the scary movie sequels which that's are terrible right, right. And, and you're like, just like you're what? this guy he did chernobyl and we're all like why would you pick the end you watch it and you're like oh wow that was really good
1: well <laughs> i mean not only that but like you're i think it's funny how like people should have been shocked even more that he did chernobyl yeah. than the last of us yeah because you're just like huh like, this is one of the greatest, like, miniseries of all time. And then we take the fact that the casting,
0: come on. Like, Everyone's
1: get, daddy. Everybody the daddy. went
0: to, like, Pedro Pascal's having a moment. Like no question, oh like, yeah. He's like this is immediately falling on the on on the tail of him playing the lead role in the Mandalorian, which everybody was just like, "We love this. Give us more of this. Give us more Pedro Pascal. We just want more Pedro Pascal." I want that butt. And, and we're like, <laughs> and d- despite the fact that except for like two episodes, we never even see his face. You know, yeah, right? You're like, wow. I love that man. How much? Voice. We're like, I love him so much. And then him coming in, like obviously not wearing a mask. In this one, is the lead co- character of Joel, who is assigned with the task he absolutely does not want in a post-apocalyptic situation of touring a like teenager or preteen pretty much mm-hmm. across the entire country because she might have a solution in her genes to a zombie virus and not a Normal zombie virus. It's oh, like it's a fungi, a fungi that takes over people based on an, based on an actual real thing that infects.
1: Insects in, yeah, insects. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: I mean it's really actually interesting if you look into it, and fucking terrifying actually. Well,
1: I, uh, I love it because I, I I was always thinking when the game came out because I think it was around that time I was watching uh, Planet Earth and I saw that episode where you see the cordyceps uh, fuck over ants like crazy. And, uh, and they show all these different in, uh, insects being affected by it. I was like, wow, that's such a great idea. And I learned later on, like Neil Bruckman uh, was like, wow, that's a really good idea. We should do that <laughs> as a video game. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, I guess everyone saw planet Earth that day. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: it's a terrifying concept alone where you're like, wow, the insect world's fucked up. And yeah. you're like, i yeah. the codiceps. And this is like the a reason it feels reasonable it's the first zombie concept ever that's like oh wow that sounds plausible because uh, well, uh, I mean, like, uh, it's
1: based on a real thing yeah real nature just, thing it's yeah. just not yeah. possible in humans but who gives a shit yeah. that's where like anything's you know it's sci-fi possible. cares possible, man. It could happen. oh my god
0: what is that thing bulging on the side of your neck what is that
1: that's my rage
0: oh sorry just like
1: in 20 days later
0: uh but then you got bella ramsey as ellie who's playing the 14 year old oh, uh, originally uh, of course Character-wise, at least, uh, based on uh, uh, what's his name,
1: Elliot Page. Yeah, Elliot Page. Well, I guess, but I mean,
0: certainly based on. Uh,
1: I, there's been arguments about that, but uh, I mean, also whatever. I mean, yeah, it's not like I, Elliot Page is ever been like, wait a minute. Yeah. Um, it, but I don't uh, think he's thought, ever been like. Who I gives remember a shit. going.
0: Bella Ramsey was a super odd choice. For one thing, looking nothing like the character. Um, another I, for only previous real. Performance on Game of Thrones, playing a villainous kind of bitch. And I'm like, okay, but wasn't
1: she kind of a hero? Yeah, I didn't watch Game of Thrones. No,
0: she's kind of a like, she's not the villain, but she's kind of like, yeah, you're not a nice person,
1: oh, you know, well, type of thing. Yeah.
0: But man, did this work?
1: She's incredible.
0: She's incredible. He's incredible, and really, this is the anti Walking Dead show. Right. This is like, if you hear about Walking Dead and you're like yeah i just never got really into that old zombie thing and i'd like a show about good character stuff but walking dead would always be like yeah sure we're into this until we're not because we lost the rights to the whatever the actors wanted to move on (laughs) like it felt like there was no ending this is just a small amount of episodes it's a one and done and it's an honest to god like Ursat's father daughter daughter story. Yeah, you know,
1: lone lone wolf and cub or whatever it's called. Yeah, kind of. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, she's a little older than the infant lone wolf. Well, sure, sure. Yeah, but like Ursat's, like it's like they're not father daughter, but they become that about them having that sort of relationship over time. Nothing
1: will make me cry more when he says like, "I I got you, baby girl." I'm like,
0: (laughs) "Oh God!" A broken man, a broken teenager. Yeah, like finding their combination between the zombies are beside the point
1: and which is also really even the game yeah. because like the most terrifying parts in the game are actually more the humans, humans yeah. than anything else and it, it really plays that up and it's funny i've heard a lot of criticism from uh fucking dumbasses uh yep. uh that are, are saying is like yeah there wasn't enough like zombies in the zombie then show d-
0: that's walking dead you yeah watch walking, like, dead. watch
1: walking dead and like be bored you fucking idiot it's, yeah. also uh,
0: it's not really a zombie There's, again Zombies are... N- even the games, not really the point. That's not the point. Like The point is, e- even in the games, the drama and the what's going on between the characters is the point. Yes. If you miss that, then you're incapable of seeing the point. Right. Yeah, and it's so well done in both cases. I can't believe this worked. I really can't believe this worked. Yeah. And I was emotionally drawn to it. It changes the story. Yes, it certainly does in some ways. Uh, but only not, not around the, not the side the, characters. Yeah, just the
1: side characters, not the core. But the way plot. it does,
0: I kind of liked a lot the way it did, I, especially it- with the almost certainly the, the, I mean, the most famous about episode Win Emmys.
1: Yeah. Uh, episode Nick Offerman. Nick, and, uh, Nick Offerman. Yeah. And what's his face? I yeah, yeah,
0: Who in the, the show is mainly just re- revealed by in the game is revealed by like notes that are left behind. Yeah. Like you're revealing his story sort of after the fact and doesn't, it's not the same story as here. Right. But here you get this one-off really unexpected love story between two men. That's just, hauntingly beautiful
1: yeah it's it's an incredible episode i i was on i got to host the review on one of us.net uh for this uh the show when it was out and man like there's there's so many standout episodes from like uh frank and bill of course the third episode and then there's the um uh, the episode with the two brothers yeah. uh i forget their names uh shit i forget um that is incredible but the the main plot of the story that doesn't change uh which i i think thankfully it it doesn't because yeah. the the story between uh Joel and Ellie is so strong that uh <laughs> that that's what i think is so uh incredible about the video game is that Neil Druckmann's uh like writing and directing for the the motion capture and just the the story itself of the game you don't have to do anything else. And Druckmann, Just, who created this, is deeply involved
0: in right, the show as well.
1: Which I think Craig Mazin was like, no, he has yeah, to be. He
0: insisted he be involved.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, and it, it shows. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's a really, um, it it almost feels like, man, this is what it would feel like. Because I know that like Guillermo de Toro is a big fan of Zelda. Yeah, it's like, oh my God, if like he did a Zelda adaptation, All right, let's not carried away. All no, right? but like, but that's the thing it's like it. It's obvious that Craig Mazin is a fan of the video game, which yeah. he is and then also knows where to expand the story when he needs to. It also
0: feels like people who don't play video games don't understand what that means.
1: Like, yeah. In the fact that, like, yes, it is a video
0: game, but you are still not getting the fact that of, like, how certain games, and very, very few, are transcendent uh, Transcend it completely, yeah. where they're both really fun to play as a gamer and deeply emotionally involving dramatic stories. Right.
1: Like, the yeah. second game is one of the greatest, like stories that i and it's hard to to uh articulate because uh, it is a video game and it's interactive but it's one of the greatest stories i've ever got to witness in i, I don't know like it, it it's really in the top 10 of oh, yeah. things that i've ever got to uh again witness and to explore and I, admit, from movies or books I,
0: I admit as much as i think this is easily like hands down nothing even comes close Be- best video game adaptation ever made which goes its own way which it almost would have to in the context of this but i'm probably going to play the game again before i watch this again because the game is sheer perfection
1: the first or the second both man the second game the second game's even better it's rough but
0: also it's so rough it's and, so rough Like i cried so hard
1: multiple times playing it the the, the ending of that game like uh, and it's funny i I, i've been explaining to a few people so not to to do my lame claim to flame fame but uh a a old friend of mine it plays uh tommy in the mm -hmm. the gabe luna oh nice and uh but i remember texting him i was like well i know you at least last in the season two because he's a huge part in the, the second game yeah and um and like that the ending of the second game is one of the most heartbreaking. I've never seen
0: anything like it. It's insane.
1: It's absolutely insane. It is this this, like, and
0: I don't mean like a big, crazy, no, it's so
1: intimate. It's,
0: it's quiet. That makes it as perfect. as it, as it is. It's just that it's like, all right. So I went to the Holocaust museum in, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, in DC and you go through all these horrible things. Yeah. Just, And in the end is this huge, brightly lit, beautiful room with an eternal flame in the center and the names of everyone around you that died. It's gorgeous. It's just pure beauty. And you just have to sit there for like an hour because you have to unpack everything you've just seen in this perfect, quiet, beautiful space. Mm-hmm. And I'm not comparing this game to the Holocaust. <laughs> I'm comparing it to the effect of that room. I, I know what you mean, yeah. The way that that second game ends is like, here's where we give you time to just sit and unpack everything that just happened. It's
1: it's odd how even a video game can, you know, take you through all these different emotions because you're you're, again... Uh, interacting with the, the media itself and the medium itself and, and controlling the outcome, even though, I mean, there is like a winning of the game. Yeah. Um, but since you're going through it yourself, it's, uh, it's, it's very cathartic to have an experience to where you get to actually sit and reflect and then also see these characters reflect that you are so invested in because you were, killing people the same way that they
0: were. And I'm sorry if you're one of those gross people who couldn't appreciate it because you're like, ew, girls together, gross.
1: Well, it was like, uh, no, it was also like a woman who has muscles. Bleh. Uh, yeah, like, it, like what, whatever. I, you're just not worthy of being part of this conversation. It, not sorry. only that, but also it's like, so you okay, wait, like, you
0: grow up, be a mature human yeah, being.
1: Not only that, but it's like you do, So you don't understand the fundamentals of storytelling. Yeah. You don't understand that. Like, I guess people can look and be physically different. Like what the literal fuck is wrong with you? I I, welcome to a world
0: which you would be better suited to and would enjoy your existence better. If you just opened yourself up to saying, Not everything is like how I immediately want it to be.
1: Honestly, they would just uh, be the NPC in The Last of Us 2 and they just right? get blown up by one of those goddamn. Well, maybe like, they
0: have like a little thing over bomb their head and we could buy like armor from them or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we, we're spending all this time talking about the games, and I'm sorry. I, we're supposed to be reviewing the miniseries. The miniseries is fucking fantastic it's just it's a continuous
1: series too by the way they're already going to do season two which Uh, is great
0: they haven't necessarily said they're gonna do series two no they have it's been very like maybe no they are. are they they keep saying maybe
1: also max is like here's
0: all the money they keep saying maybe well, they've not also, said they've been, yes.
1: They even kept saying maybe about Last of Us 2, so yeah, sure. No,
0: they keep saying maybe about Last of Us 3 and then a bunch of shit leaked and we're getting Last of Us 3. Well, so, we, of course yeah. we are. But this, I'm telling you, for the, the second season, they're still saying like nothing is planned, nothing is set. Like, it's really like, we might do it. We might not. They're going to do it. But, I mean, you say that, but everything going on on HBO Max, it's like, throws everything out the window. You're like, We need uh, more extreme
1: uh, sisters. The world's
0: worth. What if we did The Last of a Season 2, but it's a reality show? Uh,
1: (laughs) I think Charlie. What
0: if. It was the Kardashians.
1: Oh, man. I now, think I, that Charlie guy, Brooker would actually write that then. I
0: guarantee you that's occurred to the guy running HBO Max right now.
1: Because he's a thousand miles out of his goddamn mind.
0: Anyway, uh, this is great. If you really... I understand why you might have been standoffish, either because you're a huge fan of the games. And or you're, you're a like, prick. I don't know. Or you're a prick, or you don't care about zombie stuff. You should. This is an emotionally touching, really, really really well done miniseries uh, and for the first time in as long as I can remember a television series being released in home release has got a bunch of new extras on it mm-hmm. is packed with bonus features like that never happens anymore and I have a big theory about this but I won't get into it now oh I think it has a lot to do with the fact they're aware that well if we're going to start like cutting shit off our streaming networks that maybe we should try and make physical media a thing again <laughs>
1: Well, wasn't the thing where uh, I saw uh, a, a month or so ago where they were releasing a steel box of uh, WandaVision, but there's no physical discs?
0: Yeah, that was a Japanese thing, though.
1: Yeah. And, that yeah. Was, and I saw finally they're like, no, 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 no. There's this now. I'm like, yeah. OK. No, that was like
0: kind of a miscommunication thing. But like, yeah, like that was not an official release. Right. But this case, it was like. This is the first time HBO has put out anything in a long time that had any bonus features, much less stacks of bonus features. And it speaks to like them going, maybe we need to like, like get ahead of this now with like, maybe this physical media thing is going to come back. And it's like, it never really went away there's companies like Arrow and Criterion and all this that are making great money from it. Yeah. And, and, and all the big companies releasing their releases with bare bones and just crappy EPK stuff. And are like, yeah, that's not good enough. But, anymore. Like, but th-
1: these companies, they, they need to work with, um, the, the, the companies that actually produce, uh, equipment to do these physical media releases. Because thing is though, like there's so many people I know that, uh, do not have a physical, a uh, 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 player yeah. of some kind. Yeah, it like, oh, I just. I like, well, oh, they're going to
0: need to resell the world on that concept.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and that's that. I think it's going to be a lot more difficult than I think that we think because also, for us, we're like, we're never going to re- get rid of like
0: also, a thing this that, guy who's been collecting the whole time is like oh, suddenly my collection is going to go way up in value. <laughs>
1: I guess. I oh, mean, yeah. again, if they do not have a way to play it, I know
0: they're just going to end up re-releasing them all with the Superman crystals. That, that, <laughs> the joke, the 300th time I've told that joke, ladies and gentlemen, thank you.
1: Oh, that was a joke. Uh,
0: I mean, sort of, uh, mm. there, like I said, tons of extras, the like inside, multiple inside the episodes, including lots of new looks, that have not been released previously. Uh, Profiles of the performers, uh, joke stuff, uh, the last debrief show with Troy Baker, which
1: uh, uh, oh, he's we, great, yeah. Who, you play we, Joel in the video game, yeah, ex-
0: Love him, man, so good. Did
1: you listen to the podcast? No, but it's great. I love Troy Baker, though. Yeah, I really. It, it, they had everyone on it, and uh, it was really insightful and and just interesting how he. He was talking about how the, the difference between the video game and the, the TV show. I was like, man, this is really fucking good.
0: Well, the last thing we're talking about is Enter the Video Store Empire Let's of Scream. do this! A giant sized, at least, box set uh, here from Arrow Films. It's only five movies, but it Only? Is, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, they actually previously, not Arrow, but another company put out a huge empire box set about two years ago or so oh. with like just tons of their shit oh i don't
1: think you require
0: tons of empire
1: videos no now. not really
0: like i mean i think if you're going into it and going like but i want it all then maybe you only saw these five films well and like what well, i want more i'm like hey this is the cream of the crop people yeah it's like <laughs> you go to
1: like a sushi or a chinese buffet and you're just like oh i could do another plate i'm like, like other than this uh, you gotta
0: like reanimator which is not in the set which is obviously the best thing they ever released you know oh i could uh, argue
1: against that but uh, really um i mean have you seen frankenhooker <laughs>
0: i love frankenhooker but is that empire films
1: i don't know but i, I just don't want to say is. that that's title yeah i, know. I don't I, think that's empire i films. don't think so either yeah
0: well you're just making shit up at this no point, i
1: know right? but like there's a lot of things i want to say <laughs>
0: maybe you should just be quiet
1: just
0: <laughs> shut up <laughs> charles band is one of those guys who's never got really gotten the credit he deserves as a roger corman of his time uh like
1: he's like sexy roger corbin look, but look, sexier.
0: But what, whatever, man. Like, there's a lot of gross, like, like bad movies. Yeah. Have you seen Roger Corman's films? He has a handful of really great films that he, he personally was like, really yeah. But Charles in. Band is also Charles Band has not launched as many filmmaker careers as Roger Corman did. But, I
1: was about yeah. to say is like, has he launched <laughs> anyone except for I mean, Frank Henlatter? Stuart Gordon or Stuart? Gordon. I don't
0: think Frank, Frank Henlatter was ever involved. Oh, sorry. But I don't know. What I, I could you're be wrong. I'm but, just I'm yeah. just saying his name because I but Stuart get Gordon's the big one. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. But also, yeah, he's no, I guess, Francis Ford Coppola or James Cameron <laughs> no, or uh, yeah, any
0: number of people that Carmen launched hell, in that period of
1: time. Uh, Troma has, has launched yeah. more careers, bigger careers than Charles Band. Okay. That is definitely Factually true. correct. Factually correct. <laughs> it's that like, is factually accurate. Charles Band is, he is um, like everything that Ed Wood wanted to be. Where he's successful in the shit that he produces, at least
0: twice the budget, and was like,
1: <laughs> hey, he has two more dollars than Ed Wood ever I mean, had. I,
0: I I don't think Ed Wood is a fair comparison, mm. but I will agree that maybe he's somewhere between Corman and Ed Wood. Totally, yeah, yeah. And like, I mean, he to all as near as I can tell, he seemed like he was a decent dude.
1: He's still alive? I, I, think. I no, um, I know. I'm I'm on friends with uh, him on Facebook, and uh, he is a wild seems, guy. Seems like
0: a decent guy. Uh, he. Is friends with a lot of decent, cool people. Everyone seems to have a sort of grudging respect for what he does, and I largely ignored him. Like growing up with horror films, because I'm like these all look fucking terrible. I, I like I saw some. I mean, everybody saw at least one or two fucking Charles Band films, right? Yeah. Like Puppet
1: Master. The puppet,
0: the puppet Master films were huge. Uh, ghoulies. I mean, Reanimator was the only one that I'm like this is an unassailable like horror comedy. I, y- I think yeah. it's one of the greatest horror comedies ever made. Oh yeah. And he was never able to recreate that success like ever. And God uh, knows he tried those two sequels. Uh, even though laser blast was given the same rating by Leonard Malton as return of the Jedi.
1: I know two and a half stars. I know <laughs> I've seen laser blast before and, uh, <laughs> yeah. Fucking laser blast. But So
0: I largely am like, I don't care about empire fucking films. Um, uh, and yet, and yet, troll. I, oh, troll! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um th- th- he.
1: There are literally I mean, let's, hundreds of movies that he's produced. When we say
0: Empire Pictures, we're also talking about Full Moon Pictures, which is what the Puppet Master films are, are from. Right, and Doll Man, and Trancers, and Demonic Toys, oh Doll Man, and like just no end of like
1: Evil Bong yeah, or whatever the hell it is.
0: Bad shit. The, like, the the and so also babes the slime ball slime ball ball oh, uh,
1: also he uh, devolved into a lot of like nudie cutie movies as my grandmother yeah, would say yeah. just like That's uh funny. the bear winches of east uh eastwick or something like and that yet, and here
0: we are with this five movie collection from arrow that i'm like these were pretty fun actually i gotta say and i had only seen one of them which, which one? is one dolls uh, dolls yeah because i'm such a reanimator fan i'm like i'm gonna watch a Stuart gordon horror film right uh, like i was like oh well it's no reanimator but it's pretty fucking cute
1: so i uh, when you told me that we're getting these i was ecstatic uh because one i grew up watching dolls i had a my my stepsisters and my sister anytime that it was like basically around halloween we'd always rent dolls and it would scare the living shit out of us like not a very scary film as a child i was like i was like watching creepy dolls that were like great like uh it's a
0: really creative film
1: oh no it's it's creative as hell but like Uh, it's the i guess the animation and the uh the stop motion effects where like the dolls are just like and they're all like uh porcelain dolls that are haunting this house basically where it's this uh this man, the, uh, the fo fa- wait, can we talk about dolls first? Wh- which order do you want to go yeah, into? Well, sure. Okay. okay. So, uh, it's this, uh, a story about, um, this, uh, father and, um, this, his wife, who is the stepmother of this little girl. They, uh, basically they had to crash, uh, at this house because their, fa- their car got stuck in the mud and it was like in the, you know, British like countryside and, uh, and it's this super old creepy house. And this two, like, little old people are, uh, the, you know, the owners of it. And you're like, well, come on in. And, uh, and then as soon as they start, like, kind of making themselves at home, they notice that, like, holy shit, there's a lot of dolls here. And, uh, but he's a toy maker. Like, a lot. Of a dolls. lot. And, uh, but there's also these other people, uh, that end up crashing there too. There's these, uh, these two British punk chicks and this, like, D- doting like like frumpy guy Doofy, like, yeah trusting who's, dude who's in robocop 2 who's in
0: a lot of stuff he's yeah. uh,
1: i love that actor uh, uh and
0: uh steven something, something. Yeah. he's a
1: very sympathetic character Stephen um, lee Stephen lee um very sympathetic because he also is like i just want to be a kid again and stuff yeah. like that and like the owner the the doll maker guy is like you're a child at heart luke <laughs> and uh and so uh one thing leads to another where the dolls are actually alive. They start killing people and the deaths, deaths are graphic and crazy. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and they're, they're gnarly. And uh, what I loved about it is like, again, the, uh, the, the, uh, practical effects, but the, uh, the stop motion of the dolls when like you see any of the porcelain dolls, like, like gnarl a little bit, like yeah. I'm like, fuck, uh, like, As a kid, it was freaking me the fuck out. And so watching this again, I was texting my sister the entire time and I was like, and I was texting her pictures and it was just giving her like Vietnam flashbacks. She was like,
0: (laughs) fuck this. No way. But to me, it's like, I didn't have that experience. It's a cute film with cool stop motion stuff. And one of those weird and rare things where the villains are also kind of the good guys in a uh-huh. way they're like these moral like arbiters that you're like yeah i guess they're kind of right like, like we
1: kill the bad people everybody who's dead dying
0: is like they were dicks
1: yeah <laughs> except for like the the two punker chicks i'm just like oh i guess you didn't really need could have found a way to save the hot punker chicks. yeah I'm, I'm just like that. oh man they're
0: terrible but I mean, did you need to kill them? I can think of a way that could work out differently. Yeah.
1: yeah. But, uh, uh, but also this film has maybe the best line, one of the best lines in cinema history What's where there? there's like, you know, I, we're going to need a bigger boat. Uh, you know, uh, you know, hey, it's Chinatown. Forget about it. This movie has the line where the father who is Awful piece of shit guy. He is, uh, destroying the, uh, the punch, Mr. Punch, uh, doll that the little girl, his daughter has the entire time. And then he he yells out and I had to text, I I took a picture of it and I sent it to, uh, Eric and Carol, my sister Caroline. And I was, it's, this is the best line ever. It's so funny and stupid. Uh, he's like,
0: fuck you, (laughs) clowny!
1: And, uh, (laughs) I, I, Love that so much! It's so dumb, and then also what happens to him yeah. is amazing. Irony, irony at its best. All right, so the other films in the set, the worst is the Dungeon Master,
0: right? Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's a 1984 anthology fantasy film uh, that at best you're like, well, uh, I mean, I guess. It,
1: it's, oh, wow. You're really selling it here. It's got Richard Mall as the bad guy from Night Court. And yeah, the, he's just and like, hello, I'm the Dungeon Master and you'll play my games and seven filmmakers yes, will film your segments. Goodbye. Yeah, It's like a guy gets sucked into his computer
0: and like has to like.
1: Save his girlfriend.
0: Save his girlfriend who's been sucked in as well and versus this evil Dungeon Master like AI character played by him. And this film's been re-released multiple times in different order of segments because it makes no difference what the order is of the segment. It's, it's It's baffling goofy thing that the practical effects are fun, but that's about it.
1: The, the, the stuff when he goes into like the cave with all like the, the creatures and shit, there's like that one little goofy puppet that's just, and I thought it was actually, it looked pretty good. Uh, I was like, how did you fight my uh, powers? How did you do that? It's
0: thoroughly watchable, but once
1: Oh man, it's, like it's one, of those, uh, like, one end. I on. didn't
0: hate this, but like it's, I'm never gonna watch this again. No, I, we're kind of going upwards. Now. Like we had a special exception for dolls because, like, I know that my personal thanks for that. But I'm going upwards in quality. And next up, uh, second worst. <laughs> which means like up in quality from that one. <laughs> a cellar dweller. Yeah. Uh, John Car- Carl Buchler directed it, who had directed a number of films for him as well as troll. And then he also did Friday the 13th, uh, the new blood.
1: Oh, Uh, but
0: Jeffrey Combs, you know, already part of the team, a comic book artist who uh, got inspiration from a sort of Necronomicon type book, uh, summons an evil spirit into his basement (laughs) studio, and then he just dies. And uh, uh and then like it's like years later, it's become an art house studio thing and a new art hot young thing comes in who wants to be an artist and finds the book and realizes that you're influenced by the book and then you make the book happen and then it starts killing all your friends. Yeah. All right. It's not the world's worst setup here, but it ultimately is just kind of a. Knock 'em off slasher it, film but well, it, with it feels like an
1: extended creep show segment
0: yeah exactly
1: and uh and it's okay it's, it's okay it just goes on a little too long some of the the deaths and uh the creature effects are you know good yeah uh but it's the creature just, looks cool it's just it's oddly boring at times
0: yeah uh weirdly brian robbins who plays one of the lead roles in here. He's sort of like the A guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Went on to be the president and CEO of Paramount Pictures and Nickelodeon and still is. Fuck Stiller Dweller. (laughs) It's uh, kind of weird. Um, Anyway, so moving on up from there, we have Robot Jocks, which is another Stuart Gordon film. It's a post-apocalyptic 1990 mecha science fiction film that I can't believe for the budget involved, it looks as good as it does. Man, the... I'm it, like, how the fuck did you pull that the, shit off? The up? stop
1: motion shit for the robots. I it was looks like, great. It looks fucking awesome.
0: I mean, this is the precursor to the Guillermo del Toro uh, uh, uh,
1: Pacific Rim. Yeah,
0: exactly. 100%. It totally I'm is. I'm like, no, it's obviously not on the quality level of no. that for effects, but I'm like, this is not a bad story, and none of the acting is particularly great, but it's also not that terrible. And either. again,
1: double cross, double cross, double cross, and double, double cross, cross, double cross. Uh,
0: After a nuclear apocalypse, the nation. Work out their shit by having giant mecha robots fight each other, and then there's a conspiracy going on. Yeah, the
1: the the whole when it explains at the very beginning is like we've stopped all wars, except we have robots fight all wars now. Wait, I thought you said stop talking. Shut up. This seems like a dumb plan. It's, so. it, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense really in the end. Uh, cause you don't know exact, like, wait, so you're still fighting to tort for territories? Like, except now yes. it's just
0: kind of random sports event. Well, to it's just now political
1: well, things. It, it feels like, uh, like jousting. It's yeah. like, it's all very, you know, uh, uh, very above status. Just like, okay, well, we'll do this like gentlemen, uh, because only men have normally been, uh, robot jocks. Oh, and also has
0: Jeffrey comes and his small appearance.
1: He does. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he, he cannot get away from Empire, uh, uh, pictures. Yeah, cannot.
0: Um, but the Gordon plays a bartender. That's <laughs> Boy, right. He <laughs> does. Yeah. That's
1: right. Um, but it's the, the lead actor is the most uninteresting and interesting person. actor I've ever seen like he is like why are you the person but you're oddly good in this and I hate you Uh,
0: It's, it's like a moral dilemma and he's got the new upcoming crew like Get out of the way, old man. Type like, of thing I'm 27. And it's like the guy's like, I'm 40. I'm 20. Let's fuck.
1: Yeah, well, because yeah. there, there's also a woman who's a part of the new crew, yeah. and they're like, no, robot robot jocks has ever been a woman. Vagina's gross, and uh, and so. But also, it has to do with that they're like clones at the same time, so they're calling them like you know clonies or or yeah. or tubies because they're test tube babies. Yeah, uh, I can't believe I remember that. And um, and it's just an it's oddly. Interesting and engaging. Yeah, because it's not necessarily about like robots fighting. It's all about this like this espionage, weird uh double crossing shit that's going but, on behind but the, the, the scenes. Robot
0: fighting scenes when they happen are actually not terrible. And well. they're really cool. Like yeah. all
1: the, the, the stop motion shit and uh the the puppetry that's going on with these robots uh weirdly engaging. And weirdly and engaging surprising at points even and, and surprising, And also you can you have uh it's not like transformers where you're just like what is that gray and black what the fuck's going on it's like you know exactly what's going on here it's very well shot yeah and uh and you know like the peril the actor or the the characters are in at any given moment yeah a little bit towards the end you're kind of like wait what um but uh but overall,
0: overall oh, good, really smart, engaging, entertaining, coolly, cool shot film has a couple slow moments where you're like, okay, okay, let's move along. But In the like, middle a little yeah, bit. Yeah. 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 But like. Wow, that was so much better than I ever... Th- and I've known about this film's existence yeah, for I have too, yeah. 30 years. I'm just like, why would I watch that? And then finally watching it, I'm like, oh, wow, it's actually not bad at all. It's not bad. Yeah. But it, like, the standout of this series, oh my God. of this box set, is one I've never fucking heard of, no. called Arena from 1989. Oh. Oh. Uh, and I was just like, oh, wait, it's got Claudia Christian from Babylon 5. I love Babylon 5. And it's who? got a, a Claudia Christian. No, She's Babylon
1: like, who? Babylon 5? What's that? Shut
0: up. And then uh, Armin Shimmerman from Deep Space Nine, who played Quark, the Uh, the Ferengi. Shut up. (laughs) Oh my God, why are you still talking? Uh, And it is straight up, the easiest and most obvious way to explain this. It's Rocky crossed with the cantina scene from Star Wars. That's what it is. And that's digital noise. That's what it is. It really is. And I'm like baffled by who went, hey, we should do that. And they went, yes (laughs) yes <laughs> it's just Charles It's like yeah yeah let's do, let's do that and then it ended up being really fucking good <laughs> okay so
1: here here's kind of loved this I kind of loved it uh, so these all five of these movies we understand like maybe let's say at face value that they're not the greatest movies of all time by any means, but like there is definitely some merit to most of them. And this one in particular, it is better than it has any right to be any
0: right to be. And a lot of that has to do with the, the real devotion to making the practical effects work.
1: And the puppetry for some of the the, the the monsters like, and, like, and the practical, are, the, the makeup effects. This and isn't shit Star like that.
0: Trek with some dude like who's an alien with just shit no. on their forehead. There's like, the, like the idea is like, oh, human for the first time in years in this international space station, uh, with that hosts this boxing competition, this fighting competition, uh, is actually a contender. Uh, like it hadn't happened for so long everyone's like wow this is crazy that a human's back in yeah, and yeah. he's like boxing full-on crazy huge puppet monster things that are that look big, amazing
1: that big mantis crab yeah, thing yeah yeah i'm like <coughs> that was awesome fantastic
0: i'm like this is so cool i love the shit out of this like
1: the the audio mixing for all of it was really good like it it all of the uh the the creatures uh like they would speak english uh and when they did it like it all matched up well yeah and it was like oh my god this is there they're fucking doing it yeah and uh and like the main guy his name is white man uh, and Steve uh armstrong Steve, the most like,
0: white guy name of all time <laughs>
1: big strong head uh <laughs> he uh he 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 has like his uh a former boss, but his buddy, who's uh, basically uh, Mickey from uh, Rocky, yeah. uh, Burgess Meredith, but with six hands. Yeah. Uh, or two hands, or four He's hands? He's got four hands. Four yeah. hands is what it is. And uh, he... That actor, and uh, he he is great in it. He is so much fun. Hamilton Camp. Man, he's... He was so- originally
0: a folk singer in the 60s and branched out and What? And, oh, uh, my
1: God. Um, but, like, the bad guy, uh, I forget his name, um, he's... Uh,
0: Mark... Alemo, who uh, a lot of people know also from Star Trek Deep Space Nine, who played one of the big villains in that series, I Gold Ducat, who was care. another Cardassian. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, but people listen to this who watch Deep Space Nine, right?
1: You fucking nerds. Uh, it's true. But I... Uh, I just I, ordered
0: a Star Trek wallet today. Oh, man, that's yeah. really bad.
1: Um, it's the best show ever made. But the the rat guy, the rat henchman guy... Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, that, those like makeup effects on him were so fucking good. Yeah. Like just, I don't know. This movie was just such a blast and so much fun.
0: That was Armin Shimmerman. The the other guy from deep space nine, who was one of the major characters. uh, Oh really? guy. Yeah. That was him. Oh shit. Okay. Um, a a great actor who's been in tons and tons and tons of stuff, but also like, um, Oh my God, what's his name? Who's in every, uh, actor who's always under lots of makeup. And we were just talking about him the other night with, a, uh, in uh, uh guillermo del toro's films doug jones doug jones yeah he's a doug jones type actor that more often than not is under tons of makeup yeah. and can act his way through it
1: man yeah, it's it's just everyone in this even like a a tug uh big arms uh yeah, he arms. he he was not bad
0: Paul satterfield tall legend
1: <laughs> paul satterfield tall big man um yeah, yeah he, best, he was best pretty
0: known for his roles on Soap
1: operas. Yeah. yeah. Uh best known for his roles in Arena. Yeah. No, he'd be uh, he a
0: handsome looking guy acting not as strong as suit. Yeah. But he doesn't it doesn't need to be. It's it's look literally oh. i shouldn't have to tell you anything more than it's rocky crossed with the cantina scene from star wars but good yeah and for you to be sold on this and, and go like oh fuck i want to see
1: that what i also loved about it was the the uh, platonic relationship between him and the his manager yeah who is this like she was uh managing the the big uh that's Cla- monster guy yeah
0: that's claudia christian
1: yeah. yeah uh she she's uh like you know you know takes no guff she can handle her own yeah. all this kind of shit and uh and you know there are points definitely when uh a big man head uh wants to like hit on her and she's like fuck you and uh, and they end up just having a more of a platonic relationship yeah. and i was like that's really fucking cool because this movie easily could have just like dick and puss and uh and there is another uh female character where when she gets her comeuppance i'm just like man that's awesome <laughs>
0: had that coming so to yeah. Speak. yeah yeah
1: so yeah uh, this movie i was really
0: great. liked this and i was not ready to really like it it was one of those like I'll watch this. It was one of the last ones I watched in the set. Cause like, this sounds terrible. Sure. And, oh, this is the last one you watched. And one of the last ones. And I was like, all right, fine. And you start off kind of playing a game on your phone while you're kind of watching it at the same time. And it wasn't even 10 minutes where I put my phone down. I was like, okay, this is actually kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, It is the first human who's ever fought in the arena fights. And this set comes with, it comes in a giant fucking box they put it in, but it comes with a lot of like extra features on each disc. And honestly, despite all the great stuff that we're reviewing this week they're so good this is my pick of the week i'm like man because there's so much stuff on here most people have never seen and i yeah. get it i get that this is trash it's just such good
1: trash in it's, this set it is by far leaps and bounds over everything else that charles band has like yeah. produced It's the
0: best of it Be- beyond for re-animary. Re-animary. i yeah. get it yeah. yeah
1: but um but like the i guess the cream of the crop of schlock that they've produced this is it oh, these yeah. five movies this is as good as it gets and now I will say a very close second place though and I would say more legitimately or like to
0: say what the second place is. it would
1: be the package you think oh 100
0: you like my package?
1: i loved it to you and this is the series finale keep saying that, I,
0: someday i'm gonna believe you and i'll be like
1: <laughs> all right and you'll be like but wait but wait i want
0: more uh, there might you know, be a- I, I would actually say the last of us uh re-release because it gets packed with special oh features. yeah the last of us i'm like like
1: I mean, that's already gotten so much love. There's
0: just so much good stuff this week. It's really hard to pick just one. But yeah. I'm going to give this one because it's so different and odd. Yeah, and I, like I, And totally. there, there's a lot of, like, I guarantee you've never even considered watching this, and you should consider watching this. And yeah. this is a great set for it altogether. Well, uh, at,
1: at least watch the arena and then watch the rest of them. Yeah. Like. Because that's They're how all I started. Worth
0: watching, even Dungeon Master, the worst of them is like well worth watching. It's still it's yeah. still
1: fun and goofy as hell. Yeah. But like their arena is just like oh my god, this yeah. is actually kind, kind of a good movie. I can't
0: believe people didn't tell me about this movie already yeah. and say like hey man, that's one you should actually watch. Mm-hmm. I mean i I think what I've read about this this one because of unfortunate circumstances kind of got buried. You know, didn't oh. come out as much as they wanted it to. It wasn't released as strongly as they wanted it to. So it was mm. forgotten about. But that's a shame because this is the second best Charles Band film. Yeah. Like, hands down. Yeah. Like, easily.
1: <laughs> no, it really is. Yeah. Like, they didn't know how they had gold on their hands. Yeah. Like, that it, was it. it
0: yeah. I'm like, this is so much fun. I want someone to make a remake of it just doing all, sticking to the, it's got to be all practical effects. Yes. But we're gonna go even wilder and crazier. Why like I not? want the aliens to be I, even crazier. It's, it's
1: actually I was I was talking about that when I was watching all five of these. Like, how have these not been remade yet? Yeah, yeah. Like this is th- this is a gold mine. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. But
0: well, that's it for this week's digital noise. I've already handed Right his next stack, which oh, is actually pretty equally as exciting,
1: I think. It's actually pretty good. It's a no, pretty it's, good stack. It's very so excited. you should
0: look forward to that show. But first, We'll be coming up with John's stack, which he was also like, wow, this is a really solid stack. I'm like, hey, man, they send me the good stuff
1: because I'm Chris Cox from Digital Noise. Hey, it's, it's about time. <laughs> <laughs>